We have successfully clapped. <laughs> I didn't hear any of them. All I heard was mine, so I'll believe you. <laughs> I also feel wasn't mine looking was at the first, so I, I like clapped and then everybody else went. <laughs> Shall we just start with Happy Birthday Halcyon? Sh Shall we sing? <laughs> I'm not singing, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> Happy birthday to, to us. You. There you go. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of the Halcyon Frequency podcast, airing June 12th, 2022. If that was too sudden, it's fine. It was sudden for me, too. Uh, it's it's Halcyon's third birthday, I guess, technically, as of June 7th. Uh, so we're kind of making this a little bit of a celebration-ish episode. Uh, I'm hosting. I'm blind, as, as as always, and I'm joined by uh, a, a couple of friends as per usual. So FG Squared, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. It's a lovely Friday. I'm ready for the weekend. I know the feeling. Uh, Wad <laughs> Jess is also here. How, how's, how's your day been? I love how you pronounce my name. <laughs> uh, it's, it's early here. This is before I even start my stream, so I'm still waking up. Working on it. But I'm also excited for the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be good. And also Kiri is here. Hello. How are you? Hello. Hi, hi. The one person it's not super early in the day for. Well, actually, I guess actually it's not super early in the day for. But yeah, either. no, it's not, not early. No. It's getting towards dinner time and pizza Friday time, I think. Ooh. Pizza Ooh. Friday. Yeah. Pizza I had Friday. pizza Thursday last, last time. Mm. But that meant today was week. also pizza day. No, actually, it wasn't. Oh, you ate it all. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a dedicated food day for anything. And we like, don't... Is it sandwich day or is it not sandwich day? We, we don't really have it either, but yeah. whenever we have pizza on Friday, it's pizza Friday, of course. Yeah. It's the lunch tray takes advantage of this. <laughs> He's like, it's Friday, pizza day. <laughs> Actually, for us, it's mostly pizza. Well, it's, it's tactically smarter to make it pizza Tuesdays. Because that's when there's uh, a deal on pizzas, and they're already eight pounds cheaper in total. Like that makes sense. Cheaper each, yeah. And when like our restaurant does this weird like stamp collecting thing, so if you order five times, you then get like a ridiculous discount. So you can get like a giant pizza, and I really mean giant, like twenty inch pizza, for like twelve pounds. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculously cheap. Sounds good. I know that yeah. pounds is money, but I'm just imagining a 12-pound pizza. <laughs> <laughs> just going, that, that, that'd be something. Really big, that's a really big pizza. That'd be a lot. So that, that would be $14.79 for, for, for US dollars, and it would be 19 Canadian dollars. But that would be for a 20-inch pizza. So that's like a pizza you can eat like 50 bajillion meals from. That's like restaurant prices for a nicer pizza. Yeah, but yeah. 20 inches. Like, 20 oh. inches is a lot of pizza. <laughs> it is. That's like a family pizza, isn't it? Yeah, pretty it's much. Yeah. Like, a normal size pizza here. Well, That's an American large. size pizza. <laughs> That's like an extra large pizza here. Because, like, we, we have wow, small, yeah. me it's like small, medium, large pizza, and then there's extra large pizza. That would and be like a family to... pizza, yeah. I'm envisioning it. Yeah, maybe this is extra large. 
It is know. extra large. It's big. It's big. <laughs> but it lasts you for like forever. And it's great. And that part. And it's nice Italian pizza too. The the one place that I go out of my way to get pizza at, ironically, is a place I don't like that much. It's this local bar that's close to me. But, like, it, it's gone through a lot of different owners over the years. But the one thing that stayed, like, consistently good about this place is the fact that they have a nice big fire oven and they make good pizzas. And, like, the only person who hasn't quit the entirety of the time that that place has changed hands is the kitchen staff. They've always stayed the same, even though they've, like, the front of house has, like, changed and all of the waiters have changed and all the bartenders have changed multiple times. And, like, the front management has changed and the ownership has changed. The kitchen staff is still the same, and they have these four good pizzas, which are all really good. Nice. But they're a little expensive. Unless you go there on Tuesdays, because then they have all-day happy hour, and it's like, yeah, do you want a, like a $25 pizza for 10 bucks? Which is great. And you go in and get three. Yep. Works really well. That's good, yeah. Yep. Now I want pizza. Thank you very much. Well, you had pizza breakfast. yesterday. Mm, breakfast. <laughs> I know, but... We're talking about pizza. <laughs> All right. How, how about instead of talking about pizza, because we have this note in the document, uh, because it is Halcyon's third birthday, um, we kind of have this, what, what, what's everybody's favorite team moment thing that we've done over the past, like, however long we individually have been part of the team. I think, like, three of us, it's, like, since the beginning, pretty much. And then, Jess, you, you came on about a year in-ish. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, you, you've yeah. been on the team for two years. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so like we, we kind of have like this note in the document, which we could kind of do like a little, I don't know, around the table thing. And then I guess like the structure of this podcast, we're going to go through games that we've been playing as per usual. And then uh, we'll, we'll get into user submitted questions, which we've kind of done a ping around the Halcyonosphere uh, asking for questions. So um, yeah, let, let's kind of just go around. Anybody want to start? No, yeah. I want to hear, hear your answers. <laughs> <laughs> but so but you can't say what we have already said, right? So it's going to get more difficult for you then. Oh God! Yeah. What if you? But I, I, don't, I don't think you're. I don't think you're going to say mine. All right. What if you do? I. No, no, I was just kidding. Such, so just kidding. <laughs> Who goes first? <laughs> okay, I, I can go first. Okay. So my favorite was when we did the um the Rimworld Hot Potato charity event in twenty. 20. That was the first really. <laughs> Do you want to say the same line? Oh. I was going to say that, that. That's what I was going to go for as well. But there you yeah. go. I, I got a runner up, so it's fine. Maybe you have a different different reason for it. But that was the first <laughs> time we really made it big. And I remember we all worked really hard on this and we spent so much time on it. And it was just amazing to see that coming together then as such a successful event. So that was that was my favorite. That's a good favorite. Should I go next? Okay, I'm going. No, I'm going next, or so you can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just in case, right? So, um, this was also the same for me for similar reasons. But after, I'm pretty sure this was after the 2021. We were all, um, we were hanging out and decompressing and sort of debriefing on the hot potato, and we were discussing like. Oh, Kiri really likes to cook, and I, like I really like to bake, and Blind likes to clean. So one day we should all get together. <laughs> I remember sure that. To, yeah, to bake and and like have have a dinner and stuff together, and uh, that was fun. Yeah, we still haven't done that. N no, but I agree, oh. we should. Yeah, 
being in the same room is difficult. Yeah, it was our like one day when the pandemic's over conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. that the conversation to... that ended with us going, why don't we all just go to Japan? Yeah. Like we all just kind of came to terms with the fact that Japan is like the least inconvenient place for us all to meet. And I think that that's still true. In a weird way, yeah. No, no matter, like, like it's a long flight for everybody, but it's it's like the most even amount of travel for everybody instead of like half of us having to fly over an ocean and half a continent. It's also kind of a location, I think, where every one of us wants to go. So that works out quite well as well. Uh, Mystery <laughs> wants to go, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't fully I don't, understand don't the allure of Japan. I'll be honest. Same. It, it's like okay, it's it's a it's a country that has a unique language. It's, it's got skyscrapers and fast trains, so that's cool. I've got skyscrapers and not fast trains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also cool. I mean, I could talk about it, but it's very off topic. So I, I, <laughs> let's go I, with I the can, next. I, I'm gonna go with this. Um, the 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 twenty fifth uh, anniversary of Worms, which was my run, my runner up. The uh, actual uh, thing that I was gonna go for is I was just gonna kind of tack on to the 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 first big hot potato charity event that we ran at when we put the team branding on it. Um, was really neat just because it was kind of a really shitty year, I guess. Like it was just a crappy year all around. Mm. You know, twenty twenty was bad. Um, and it was really nice to just kind of do something cool that felt nice. Uh, where a lot of money went to a good cause, and it was cool to just be involved with that. But um, my actual uh, bid for the day would, or for favorite team moments of the last three years, would probably be when we all stayed up all night. Well, for me, it was all night because we started at like ten o'clock at night. But we 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 ran a stream for um on on the Team Seventeen Twitch channel for for Worms' twenty fifth anniversary. It was a sponsored event, but it was like it was just really neat to be able to like literally just put in a full workday overnight taking over a pretty big publisher's uh twitch channel and just stream their games all day that was just fun like it's and it was kind of a unique kind of one-off thing and i i don't know if we'll ever get to do something like that again so it was just a really neat kind of experience to go through it was really fun Agreed. yeah 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 that was that was really good also worms is, is great like come on yeah <laughs> yeah no absolutely and it felt just like you know friends hanging out and then also getting paid while doing that, which was awesome. <laughs> it felt more like we were just having a nice just afternoon for us, probably. I don't remember. But just hanging out and playing games together while also getting paid was awesome. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, if anybody would like us to play your games, you know, on your channel. <laughs> yeah, you can chat about that. Yeah, we're open. Um, so, uh, yeah, my favorite moment of course, I'm now stuck with like having to come up with something like. Were you also going to say the hot potato? That's no. I was actually going to say the worms events. I thought, <laughs> but then I actually thought. Um, my favorite event. If I can't say any of those three things that have just been mentioned. Literally, the fact that we made the team and that we're like where we're at right now and that it's like a thing that has lasted for three years that's a long time i have seen many teams come and go in three years that don't exist anymore and and streamers that come and go like in three years like three years ago the whole twitch landscape was completely different compared to how it is nowadays and 
we're still here and Halcyon's still here and it's it's a thing and you know it's a bigger community and people you know know each other and they've known each other for that long and they're playing together on servers and you know it's like all the communities coming together and just having fun together it's yeah that that was my answer if i can't choose any of the other three <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really do love seeing this this whole big community with everybody it's it's really awesome agreed I think that the, the the kind of fascinating anomaly of this of this team is that you know like you'll see teams pop up and you'll see groups pop up right like you know like there's that group of like really big World of Warcraft YouTubers and streamers right now that's like doing basically running their own convention right with like Asmical mm -hmm. and all them uh, there's like definitely teams of people doing things but there's nobody really doing it in kind of the small is it fair to call us small, but like kind of scrappy, but still big enough that people know who we are kind of way? Like there's not a lot of people doing it in this way anymore. It's like there's either like people that are around our size, which are generally pretty solitary in this industry. And then there's the big guns, but there's not a lot of like, it's just kind of a bunch of smaller communities getting together and doing a little thing. And that's kind of what we've just been doing for the last three years. And the fact that, yeah, we're, like we're still at it is kind of just incredible. Yeah, that's true. I keep saying agreed, but yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's I keep sitting here like nodding my head and I'm like, no, I got to I got to verbalize it because people can't see me. So the agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a thing. There's a thing that might might have been my favorite moment if I were there because because some of you met up during TwitchCon NA when it happened. That was 2019, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm still sad i missed it oh because that Aww. that might have been my favorite moment because it's just you know when when do you get a chance to meet people mm. from all over the world right so that's True. just i'm still bummed out that i missed that. now not so often 2019 three times a year four times a year maybe yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so but like no. i i think like priorities priorities were a bit different in 2019 mm. just in general Okay. Well, I mean, like, for me, it was a money issue, so I, you know, couldn't afford it. But yeah, it, prior priorities were different, and like the 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 state of the world was different, and it's like absolutely like back like if you asked me in 2019 if I was going to go to TwitchCon EU 2020, I would have said yeah, because mm. I was genuinely mm. thinking about it. And then like some things have changed in my life where like traveling didn't make sense. But if the pandemic hadn't happened, I would have gone to 2021. Right? Yeah. yeah, I would have gone to TwitchCon 2021. I would have gone to PAX West and probably PAX East 2021. Like my budgets would have stayed aligned in that way. That like that would have stayed part of my schedule. But honestly, it's it's just been the wrench of just throwing like a pandemic into a fold of things where it's just like, well, there's like kind of it, it doesn't make as much sense for me now because I've positioned my content in a way that I don't need the, that external networking. Yeah. It's no longer beneficial to me. So it's like the the cost of that travel versus the gain that I get back doesn't seem as big anymore. So it it's it's not as big of a priority as it was in 2019. So but it, meeting it, us, that would be the greatest gain, wouldn't it? Totally. But I can talk to you <laughs> once a week on a Discord call I know. for no, free. I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Traveling's expensive. <laughs> um, but I, I might come to PAX East next year. So. PAX East is possible. I. It depends on the state of the world. Oh, I know. 
absolutely. Yeah, same here. But like I, for when it comes to traveling at this point, like I, I'm looking at Twitch kind of you and going like, yeah, that's much more. Like it's not. It's maybe a thousand dollars more expensive than going to PAX East for me. Mm. It's like mm. maybe uh, just do that. I'd like to go to Europe at some point. Yeah. Well, I hope we can meet I'd up like at some point. Yeah, or maybe Gamescom again when when yeah. if that happens. Maybe I'm actually thinking about going this year. I'm, I'm I'm almost convinced. I'm gonna look into tickets and stuff. Mm. Mm. Where's that ha one? That's Cologne. in Germany. Cologne. Having seen the mass amount of people that go there and the no space that exists on that convention on like general admission days. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 Gamescom's one that's never interested me, like, kind of at all. Gamescom, I, been... I would go for the games. I would go for the games, not for, like, meeting other, like, content. Well, yes, also meeting other content, content creators, but it's mostly, like, just to go and test out the indie games that are there. Totally, but, like, I, I can do that at PAX, and PAX is shorter, cheaper, and there's yeah, less people. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah that's true. <laughs> so, makes more sense to you. There, there's there's yeah, no yeah. logical reason for me to go to one. If I, if I want to play yeah. indie games, I go to PAX West. And PAX West is like quarter of the people, almost all of the same games. Yeah, that's true. Like you have that's less funny, like yeah. um, uh, Eurojank stuff, but that's kind of the only <laughs> real difference. Like farming simulator is a small booth instead of a really big booth, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> because you know Germany's biggest esport has to have representation at Germany's biggest convention, right? I feel like I've kind eventually. of taken over this podcast right now. <laughs> eventually, we'll 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 go to conventions all again eventually. Yeah, conventionally. Yes. <laughs> Coin it. We've been talking for almost 20 minutes. I think it's time for us to go to a real quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing over the past two weeks, I guess, because we skipped a week. Two weeks? Oh, yeah. two weeks? And I should probably okay. add some I'm games glad. to that list. I'm glad oh, we yeah. have a break yeah, because now I can think about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been two weeks for me, okay? It's just a normal podcast. Let's, let's, let's go to a break. Hey, hey, Bill here. I wasn't here to discuss these sizzling topics this week. But if you want to hear some more of me, you can find me any day at uh, twitch.tv slash or in a future episode. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, everybody, we're back to Halcyon Frequency Podcast, episode 21 for June 12th, 2022. FG wants to know if you would like to know more. <laughs> I would always, always game. want to know more about Starship Troopers Terran Command. Um, which is not out yet, but it will be out soon. And I was among the creators who got an early look at the game. Jealous. Um, we, uh, uh, Slytherin, the publishers, so this is not sponsored. This was not sponsored, but they, the publishers were like, yeah, we give you a key. You can play the first 10 missions on stream. You can show it and you can put it on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Um, nothing beyond that. And you can just find out more about the game. So, um, we could only show the campaign, that's in. There is also scenarios, but we couldn't show those, so I haven't played those at all. I've done the first 
10 meows of the game. Uh, uh, no, actually, missions, I think it is. And um, it's great. I just, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I was hesitant, and I said this during the stream as well, because I played the demo during one of the Steam Next Fests, and it was felt it didn't feel good it didn't feel right like the rts gameplay and it didn't feel right they, they nailed the tone of the movie uh, with their like little cutscene announcements in between and you know when you click on the on the wiki it's like would you like to know more yes of course i want to know more about stuff um but there was just something about the game that just didn't feel didn't feel good the controls didn't feel good uh the demo but then i played it and i played it for like an entire stream straight took me about seven like took me eight hours and i didn't beat mission 10 at the end because i just couldn't get past it <laughs> it was so difficult it was so difficult yeah um so i i said we're gonna do it again next week but on a lower difficulty i played on normal um but it's so good the rts feels good controls feel tight um the setting is good. Um, the AI is a bit iffy, but they know that. They're still working on pathing a little bugs, bit. They're big dumb bugs. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're working a little bit on pathing. Because the thing is, like, you have to you have to micro your units a little bit. Because certain units can shoot over certain units, like, over their head, so to speak. But the riflemen can't shoot over another group of riflemen. So you have to, like, micro it a little bit. Um, and that sometimes glitches a little bit out out if you just run around with a big group of people. Um, but I, I enjoyed it so much. It was so good. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Sorry. I just <laughs> no, 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 no. I do was, agree, that... though. Like, so I, I also got a key and I played the first 10 missions also on normal. And the first three were super easy. And then with each mission, the difficulty just ramps up. And it gets super difficult. The last mission, I don't know, I spent an hour on it, I think, and just reloaded and reloaded and reloaded and min-maxed it. And then I did it. But it was so difficult. But it's, it's really fun. It has a couple... Sorry, a couple bugs to the additional bugs that you have to kill. But, but it's super fun. I loved it. What's the structure of this game? Is it just missions? Is there like any kind of map builder? Is there a map editor? Is there like a randomly generated mode? Like what what is there to offer outside of like just the mission structure? So the missions is the campaign with a story. So the story is um sorry for those who are familiar with the setting. It's it's after the failure at Klandatu and you're on a different planet. You're a different division of mobile infantry. You're on a called Qualasha, if I recall correctly. And your job is to cleanse Qualasha from bugs. So it is like in like like in the movie like setting, but it's like separate, so there's no interference in terms of in terms of lore or characters or anything like that that you've seen anywhere else. And um I don't know to the rest of your question, because there are there is scenarios but I haven't looked at them because the, the version that we have is not the full game. It is literally yeah. locked. Like we can't play past mission 10. Yeah. So we don't see what else is there. Because that, that I think is my, my concern about this game, right? Because like I, I'm totally down for like a, a story-based campaign, but like it's a single-player RTS and I, you know, I, I like single-player RTSs, but I all there's... 
the fact that it's a single player RTS means like, all right, so content is immediately limited, right? Uh, like what, 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 what do you do after you finish the campaign? Is that, is, is, is it just like a one playthrough kind of thing, which is fine, but I kind of want to know that I, and I, I kind of wish that they were talking about that more. Um, like, is there going to be a reason to replay the campaign when I finish the campaign or is it just, you do your one run through and then you're done? Cause it doesn't even look like it has steam achievements. Like it, it kind of, it doesn't, it, it, it feels a bit one note, I guess, which is maybe fine. And like, you know, oddly enough, like the most video gamey franchise of all time, Starship Troopers has never had a good video game. <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of like to, in my, to my knowledge, the best Starship Troopers game ever made is actually a Starcraft mod. Um, so and they, they put out like a, a first person shooter at one point, which was like historically horrible uh, because it was developed in eight months and, and had no money. Um, they, they like every single Starship Troopers game to date that I'm aware of is uh, has been panned. So it, it, it's it's a cool thing to see a Starship Troopers game that looks like it's kind of getting the proper love that the Starship Troopers franchise deserves for a video game. But if it's just a story-based campaign, even if that campaign is challenging and well-designed, I, it's kind of a, a poor offering as far as an RTS goes, as far as I can tell. See, the thing is, like, looking through their stuff, um, they haven't really talked about anything like that. There are achievements, though. Right now, our version only has one, so they're not, like, publicly, like, available Wait, yet. They're, they're, not listed as a f they're not listed There's... as a feature on the Steam page, so that's why I... There's one the achievement? Mark. Well, there is, I, there I is a place. And didn't see it. There's a placeholder achievement. At least my version has a placeholder achievement. That's not like, yeah. So that means like, <gasps> true. It will get achievements in the future. No, so I probably have to play it again. Maybe Unless they work retroactively. Smart? Yeah, they, maybe they, they work retroactively. Right. Would hopefully work retroactively. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it it. I don't know. Like, a game like this to me, if it was just like a story based campaign a map editor and steam workshop i wouldn't have this question but the fact that it it doesn't have what feels or it doesn't seem to have what feels like a full feature set for an rts just kind of makes me go eh. you know what i mean it's a valid question yeah mm. unfortunately i can't answer we we yeah. don't know yeah i mean like you know, it, FGU did a sponsored event for it recently, but Star, like Star, uh, not, I, I want to call it Starcraft Crossfire Legion, that other RTS that released recently, which has a lot of problems, admittedly. Like I, I think, mm -hmm. like it's it's competing with its own marketing as much as it is um, anything else. But like I played a bit of that, and that has all of that stuff, right? It's got you know, you got co-op, you got multiplayer, you got a campaign, you you got so much stuff, and it's a at least in Canada a cheaper game. So I, ah. Mm. Uh, uh, that's kind of where my question mark comes up. And it's like, if it's just going to end up being like a, 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 a middle, um, middle of the ground price range wise RTS for a campaign, if that campaign's fantastic, okay. But right now that's the question mark for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, like from, from playing the campaign, I don't think it's going to have like your traditional, like even if you do like a skirmish mode, type thing where you have to like you know build orders and buildings to build and upgrades to research like i don't think it has that at all um like yeah, I, I don't see that being a thing no nothing in the campaign like like hints at that 
but yeah i don't know i don't know i'm excited to see what we get it's coming out on the 16th but like so far i really did dig the the single player um like the campaign so far Same. i mean if it if it comes out and doesn't get panned it's done better than every other yes, <laughs> starship true. troopers game sorry jess i interrupted you i have i have a question for you about this game uh-huh. <laughs> how creepy just how creepy are the bugs slapstick comedy depends on how how much do you like bugs so they're called arachnids but they're not spiders and they don't really look like spiders so if you take a couple seconds at first and count the legs that you realize they're not spiders and that helps me they're they're (laughs) bugs but since they're not spiders i'm all right have you ever seen starship troopers jess no I was because like Starship Troopers is <laughs> no. practically a comedy movie. Like it, it's a sat- it's a satirical comedy, Satire, yeah. and like the it, it's a satirical comedy about like how fascism is bad. <laughs> it's like here is like a fascist society, and it sucks. Like that that's that's the whole kind of shtick of Starship Troopers, right? Um, it's like satirizing fascism, um, and the the bugs are the big bad, but they're also practically like inflatable whack-a-moles like they they they're not scary in the movies in the slightest they're just like these weird like they're they're more akin to dinosaurs than they are bugs like you could replace the bugs with t-rexes and it would fit just fine (laughs) there's like this one bug like it's called a tanker bug it just looks like a giant sting bug for example yeah it's like there's giant beetles there's like yeah so like, it's, it's not like nothing like scary. Like I wouldn't say anything scary. Like they're they're also closer to like the aliens from Alien. <laughs> like they're just weird alien just, spindle things. I'm I'm looking at this film right now. It's a very goofy <laughs> movie. I, I mean, I'm not watching the film. I'm looking at a summary of the film. <laughs> I, recommend I recommend watching it. It's good. Yeah, same. It's good. I've never seen it. Me neither. But my chat told me. Basically, I have to, especially the first one, because that's the only one that counts. Don't watch the rest of them. Just, just watch yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one's good. The rest is kind of air. Apparently, the CGI series series is okay, but I've never seen it. Yeah, just watch the first movie. It's, it, it's like a summer blockbuster before they were making summer blockbusters like that. There's, there's like, just... I don't know. It's, there's a lot of good reasons to watch that movie. Also, a lot of memes will make a lot of sense. <laughs> Mm. If you watch that movie, I've but. been educated. Yes, the first like half an hour, I, everything just went over my head, and I didn't understand anything. And then I, oh yeah, service guarantee citizenship. Dune. Oh, yeah, it's like when, Dune. When it I, is like Dune. Yeah, when I played it's Dune, so I've never seen Dune. or read Dune, too, and so I got the whole rundown from chat. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it, Starship Troopers is just satirical space Nazis. That's, that's really all it is. But okay. It's it's fun. Good movie. Um, Jess, you want to talk to me about blowing stuff up? In um, which game? Which, which one? Because you can blow <laughs> stuff up in all three. <laughs> sure. Okay, do you want to talk to me about the game about blowing stuff up specifically? Hmm. I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about Teardown. I thought you were going to say, I guess you're talking about Timberbones. <laughs> Well, anyway, you can blow stuff up in but, that too. You can make dynamite. But, really? There's dynamite in Timberborn? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to talk yeah. to us about Teardown, <laughs> the release version? Um, 
Sure. So uh, I played a lot of Teardown back in, I think, December or January. And I had a lot of fun with it, but like the biggest issue that I had was when you swing your hammer. This is definitely not a Kiri friendly game. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a first first person like just it kind of makes it makes me a little bit iffy and like I don't really have too many issues with this. But my biggest problem is when you swung your hammer and hit the wall, it would shake the whole screen. And so there was no way to oh, turn no. this off. So I played through a number of missions and then kind of put it aside because it was getting to the point where it was becoming too complicated to like quickly finish a mission and I was getting sick by the end of it. Uh, so yesterday, like, I don't, we were just doing community games and uh, like I put up a poll like, what do you want to do now? And everyone voted for teardown. So I tried it again. And the first thing I did was swing my hammer, and I was so happy because I took the animation out. Because <laughs> I had, Yay. I had, I poked the dev, and I was like, "Can you please get rid of the the, the shaking animation?" And I was like, "Yes, I feel heard." And That's so, so great. it was so much better. It was so much better playing yesterday. And so it, it's it was good. Like I don't know, FG you might be able to play it now. I don't know what your problem with it was. Yeah, it was that also like just the just the FOV was eh. I don't know. Yeah, I had to. It, yeah, I had to pull it out a lot, and it was better for me. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Like teardown is just a really interesting concept to me. It's it's like a fully destructible voxel world. If you don't know what it is, I guess it's a voxel world. Yeah, and it's so you're. Your goal is to like accomplish these heist missions and you only have a minute to pull it off. So you have to manipulate the world in order to accomplish your heist within 60 seconds. So like whatever that entails, like yesterday I played one mission where I had to steal six cars. So like I had to, but I only had a minute to do it and it's a big map. So I basically like, took a car on a crane like all the way to my drop-off point and then took another car like through a garage on the back of a like a dump truck thing <laughs> and then another one was on a second story building and i had like craned it off and put it inside um a dumpster truck <laughs> i don't know what this is called the one with the um i don't Garbage know truck, bulldozer dump truck. <laughs> it, like i put it inside a bulldozer and i don't know it was just it's so, it's so silly it sounds really fun. It is really fun. See, you're and talking I, about this mission structure and stuff. I thought that the point of this game was you go to the workshop, you download the giant Bart Simpson, and then you download the Titanic and you drop Bart Simpson on the Titanic and blow them both up. I mean, I guess you can do that. I've just been playing story mode very slowly. And luckily, so it came out 1.0, I think, last month. Um, they changed a lot, apparently, but it didn't break my save. So I was really happy about that. What is the story in a game like this? Like, why so... do you have to steal six cars, for example? Like, what? <laughs> that, 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 the the story is really silly. Um, I was going back over it yesterday, and if you don't, I don't really know all the details, right? Because the story is told to you through email, like like email conversations, one-sided emails. And so the first email is your mom, who is the head of sales for like tear down services saying that like there's not enough money to pay the bills 
we need to figure out how to make enough money to pay the bills. And then she like comes back to you with a sketchy job, like, hey, this person really wants like this building torn down so they can expand their mall and this is illegal, but do it. And then you do it and you get caught by the cops and then, but the cop is like, uh, but actually like, if you can um, do me a favor and break into this place and steal some documents, I'll just like sweep this all under the rug. <laughs> so then you go steal documents this. from this one person and then they reach out to you like, oh, my stuff was stolen. I need you to do this. And so it's like this big triangle of all these three people reaching out to you and none of them realize that you're the person breaking into their, into their like houses and their businesses and like taking their stuff but employing you to like commit insurance fraud and <laughs> and also steal and it's like it's really silly this is just how like the american construction industry <laughs> works right like i thought this um, was a documentary i hope not <laughs> i mean based on the number it's, well it's actually really silly <laughs> it's, it's it basically how ca ca canadian silly. land fraud is working based on the number of buildings that have burnt down on my street in the last year but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so satisfying. And so there's, there's, um, if you search around the map, you can find valuables and they just kind of go to your bank account and then you can go and, um, like off mission, you can level up your tools, which include things like bombs and guns, <laughs> mini gun, uh, like throw. shotgun, pistols, pipe bombs, regular bombs, blow torches. <laughs> And you can upgrade them so they have more ammo and fuel, so you can be even more destructive. It's there, good. There, there's a, a an item on the workshop for this game. I, I haven't played it, but I've watched a lot of streams of it. There's an item on the workshop that just like removes all of the structure from a group of uh, voxels, so you can just like highlight a chunk of wall, and it'll just fall into the particles that it's supposed to be. It's like a disintegration gun, so you can just like highlight an entire building, and it just goes and just rolls away oh, like someone just deconstructed all of the Lego bricks at the same time. And the frame rate goes down to like a frame a second, but it is the coolest thing ever to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly what Kiri said. That sounds so satisfying. Yeah, the, yes. it, it really is. And there, there's also like a sword that you can like cut and it draws a line and then the line just goes in a straight line for infinity and cuts through everything it touches. Oh. So you like, because I, I was talking about that Titanic map, right? You can cut the whole Titanic in half and it's just like... <laughs> it's like just fantastic stuff like that it's a weird game i'm glad it exists speaking of cutting stuff in half uh uh hardship space breaker fg yeah so uh hot spaceship breaker finally is released in full release it came out in early access of like two years ago already it's crazy um and now it's out um basically what they did is they they tweaked some ships and they put a story into the game i i i've i've said this before i, I don't really care for the story cuz it's like big corporations are bad unions are good it feels very i don't know i i've talked about the this before there is sort of a a um i don't know there's a desync between the game play and like, the story it tries to tell but um taking ship parts is is fantastic and relaxing and incredibly fun and uh just give you unfor unfortunately we won't get bigger ships than we have now because game engine limitations but 
it's fun. It's it's chill until it's not chill because suddenly your everything goes boom because you forgot to shut off. Because suddenly your legs are missing because you blew them off. <laughs> no, but it's like for example, like there is a there's a there's a method to like with the really big ships you have to like you have to flush the fuel out of the thrusters because if you cut the fuel lines with fuel in them, well you know it's flammable. So yeah, you don't want to do that. And then you have to. Um, and when you do that, then you have to kind of like pull apart the hull so much that you can get to the reactor, but you don't want to pull the reactor yet because you have to take down the environmental controls first. And then you take that eventual environmental controls. And then that means that your reactor goes into meltdown. So you have to pull your reactor really quickly so you can stop the meltdown of the reactor and that sort of stuff. And if you don't do that quickly enough, well, there is a big, big boom and uh, you might die. Indeed, and the ship is in about ten million pieces, <laughs> and it's it's just ridiculously satisfying. It's fun. Um, yeah, I you, you get to upgrade your character and your tools, and you suddenly whistle away on your one point two billion dollar debt, and it's very satisfying. Don't care for the story. I I kind of wish it were just a simulator game, and we just got bigger, better, better ships with like workshop integration. They, the devs chose to put a story in. I, I don't really care for it, but it's fun. It's just really heckin' fun. That's all I can I say. It, I'm looking at screenshots, and I've seen you play it too. It, look, it just reminds me of Subnautica. <laughs> They're nothing alike. I just think Subnautica when I see it. Helmet. Yeah, I think it's the helmet. Ah, like yeah. with the little HUD. Yeah, with a HUD and all that sort of stuff. And it's really funny because you would think, you know, in a game where you literally spin around and you're upside down and all that sort of stuff, that it would be really bad for simulation sickness. But for some reason, luckily in that game, I have nothing, no issues whatsoever. I can literally make myself spin around and it's fine. It's mean weird. Meanwhile, me, so impressive. I launched that game at 1.0 to see if it got better. Again, I lasted about 15 minutes before I just I wanted to hurl I don't know what yeah. it is about that game but there's something I watched FG a bit and like it's so bad for me a anything yeah. with a helmet for me I just I can't do unless yeah, like the FOV is like 250 I was just gonna say it's it's the helmet like that's the one thing that I let like it doesn't bother me but just for like aesthetics I would totally actually deactivate the helmet just because I don't like having the helmet there but that's 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 probably it because it narrows your field of view so 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 much. If you have like the the vignette at the at the end or at the edge rather. There, there's this game that came out recently that also has a helmet called Space Beast Space Beast Terror Fright, um, which I have and I've played a little bit of, and it is it, it also has a helmet, but like the FOV is just so wide that it I don't mm. have a problem with it. It's like you're just looking through a smaller screen essentially. Because it's like, oh, yeah, you can just have, like, 200 FOV and just, like, see the whole room from within this smaller screen. Rather than, like, it's full screen, but the helmet is, like, obstructing your FOV. It makes makes me sad. And also, I, I, mm. I think it's interesting that you don't care for the story, whereas, like, the story is, like, the part that interests me about that game. <laughs> the, the thing is, I don't care for the story because it's so generic. It's I think so for generic. you it's generic, maybe. Because of where you live. Whereas yeah, for like just... over here, that is like telling a story about unionizing in a video game during a time when an entire like territory is trying to unionize its industry 
is timely and interesting, but maybe I find it very generic. Yeah, that might be it. Also, I think because that like as I like there there is a word for it that like a few years ago was like really thrown around a lot. There is just this big ludo narrative dissonance between the actual gameplay, which is the taking apart of the ship and the simulation, and then the story. And the only way you get the story is via characters talking I'm not sure at where you. The ludo, where's the ludo narrative dissonance in there? Because the story is just people talking at you. But like ludo narrative only... dissonance is like the story not matching what you're doing. But like it's matching what you're doing because no, it's, it doesn't. It's like you're trying. It... Okay. No, it it doesn't because the... so so it, for me it doesn't because. Um, the only way where you get like most of the story where it happens is when you're in your hub and you're just this weird person that's like in their hub. The only thing you can see on the screen, and that's also something I would like to turn off, is the, the, the screen going up and down because the person is obviously breathing as if they've just run a marathon because, you know, that's normal. And you have these little comic portrait at the bottom with like a little bit of tiny text and they're just talking at you. That's not like ludonarrative distance though. Ludonarrative distance is like, oh, we're the good guys and everything is happy and go lucky. Now I'm going to go shoot 15 people because I'm playing Uncharted 2. That's ludonarrative dissonance. This is just like cheaply presented storytelling. I still feel like there's, no, I still, no, I think it still fits. Because I don't know, and I think I think what also bothers me, or, or or what makes it so obvious for me, is because you never respond, you never in interact with any of these characters. But that you're you're okay. You're misusing the term ludo narrative di ludo narrative dissonance here. I think, but whatever. Uh, I just I I just wish the, I just wish the story weren't in it. Also, I don't like the new hub, because it's useless. That's you a shame. Zoom around in it. What a bummer. Yeah, it's still a good game. I still recommend it to everybody to play it because it's fun and chill and because you can still you can still do stuff like um, uh, free shifts or like just taking apart ships so you don't have to play the story. So you can just take them apart the ships and chill with it. All right. Well, um, uh, since since we're all talking about <laughs> games that makes Kiri throw up, um, I'm going to talk about Unexplored Two. <laughs> um, Please this, go ahead. Th this this game has a really slow moving wobble cam that I know you get to hate, but like FG and Kiri hate, but I I like because I think it looks nice. Um, the the game is a it's a successor to the original, uh, for better or for worse. Um, it is a real-time action game where you, uh, traverse an open world that is presented very much in a kind of tabletops-ish setting, um, with a really interesting speech system and a really interesting dialogue and really interesting storytelling. Um, I think that the problem with it kind of stems from the fact that getting places kind of takes a while, and, uh, you'll have to traverse rather far to get to your destination. Um, and I, I kind of wish it wasn't an open world game. Um, I think the, the, the original Unexplored was very much a dungeon crawler. You go into a dungeon and you go down floors and you go down to the bottom and then you work your way back up and then you get up. That was the original Unexplored. This is a, tries to do that, but in a big grand open world scale. And I think that the size of the world versus how it does its encounters 
is a bit counterintuitive. That being said, uh, I think it's one of the most flexible and interesting difficult permadeath randomly generated games I've seen in a while. Um, it has so many difficulty customization options and modifiers, it's actually kind of insane. And each one is tied to every single individual character. So you could generate a world, and when, when you die, it you have the option to either get rid of the world and move on to a new save, or you can let the world progress and the enemy threats get stronger, uh, the world gets harder and eviler because the, the enemy is winning. Um, so the kind of the way it does its permadeath is interesting. Um, and you can save items in chests in towns. So if you do die and you want to keep a specific shield or something, if you put it in a chest, you can go back and get it later. So your gear is going to like slowly get better as the world gets stronger if you want to do it that way. But it's just a really nice, pleasant um, open world action game with an interesting dialogue system, some interesting writing, um, and uh, interesting permadeath mechanics. And I, I quite enjoyed my time playing it, but it's a difficult game to stream because it is pretty slow. It looks really cool. I love the art. The art and the sound same. design is actually incredible. Maybe my favorite sound design I've seen in the last year or so. Um, it's got very I loud, just, crunchy I sounds, and the 3D colors. audio is really good. Like, oh, you know exactly where an Steam. enemy is just by hearing the attack patterns. Yeah, that's cool. I've played this before. I've played the demo of it, and I couldn't for long. Yeah, I know. So, so yeah, you're right. That's very, very not Kiri-friendly. There but... is an option in there called Cinematic Cam, and if you turn that off, it lowers the amount of camera sway, but it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, too bad. Yeah, camera sway is just, like, I also just can't mm. do it. You can I also disable the screen that. shake, which is good. That is good. That is good, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. Not it, enough it, for me. It is, it kind of feels like you're, it, the camera's actually my biggest annoyance with the game because like, it kind of feels like you're fighting with the camera in places and there's spots where like, the camera angle isn't conducive to what you're trying to achieve as the player. Like, it has this option if you hit shift where it'll zoom out further, zoom in closer, and then go to like a straight, straight top down. I kind of wish it just had like the straight top down for all of the environments. I, I think that that yeah. would have just worked a lot better and mm. just locked it on the character like the first game, but they didn't go that route. And so it, the camera is like the biggest annoyance with the game for me. That and like the long travel times. It's, it's, it has mostly positive reviews on Steam right now. And I think it, I think that's about right. Um, like I have some caveats with it. I think it's doing some really interesting things. Like I said, the dialogue system is fantastic. The dialogue system is like, you, you get a bunch, like, based on your uh, relation with the person that you're talking to, so their faction or that faction's culture or your character's knowledge of that faction, um, you'll get these little cir circle things that kind of look like coins. And um, it just pulls one out at random. So it gives you a draw, basically. And you, you so you'll get one or two options, and you can pick one or two options, and then it'll, it'll add those options back into the pool. So you can just be like, push your luck. So you'll get one heavy six, one great success added to the pool or one bad failure added to the pool. Or you can just have two minor successes added to the pool and stuff like that. And it'll just keep drawing until you run out of your free draws and then you select whether or not you succeed or fail. And then you can pay for more draws using spirits, which are these things that you pick up just around the world. Like you find them as you break pots and stuff. Um, so it's like this little currency that you collect just while playing. And so if you have a lot of those, you can like basically just keep dialogue going until you succeed but with a cost that you have to go and repay later so it's it's like kind of a really neat little dialogue system and like dice roll system that happens on like when you try and climb a wall or traverse a scary thing so i really i really like that system i really like the, the combat does feel good when it works and the uh 
world and kind of story and the writing that the game has is really neat, but playing the game kind of hits a wall in places. Yeah, so I have, um, I'm just kind of looking at this. This is my first time seeing it. Um, it looks really cool and like, but just looking at this and like contemplating it, I think that that's my dog. <laughs> Interrupted. That was so perfect. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> um, now I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Kuma. Um, it does look like maybe the um, open world aspect really does detract from it. So my question is, like, what does the open world bring to it? If anything. So the the whole point of, like, it, this is very heavily inspired by traditional roguelikes, right? So um, do you, are you familiar with the staff or the amulet of Yondor? Okay. Um, so it's a thing from D&D that roguelikes stole back in the 80s. And it's, so it's become like a, 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 a trend in traditional roguelikes, like the games that I play, right? Where maybe not a trend, but like a, a running theme. If you play a fantasy roguelike, there's probably something called the staff or the amulet of Yondor. And essentially it's an end of the world device, right? It's a thing that ends the world. So it's up to the character to recover it and destroy it, right? Sort of like a Lord of the Rings type deal. So you have this magical staff, which is the staff of Yondor. And you are the um, traveler at the garden, the wayfarer, uh, thus the subtitle of the game, the wayfarer's legacy. You are the wayfarer. And you are basically like the world's chosen disciple who has to take this staff and destroy it. So your goal is to destroy the staff. So what you have to do is you have to figure out how to destroy the staff. And there are these, each major region in the game is run by a different clan. You have to basically earn the trust of these clans to be able to destroy the staff. And they will point you in the direction of how to destroy the staff. But you go to each clan and they're like, I need a gift for to work with you. So you have to go find them a gift and they'll tell you where to go get them a gift. Like, I need you to go to this clock tower on the other side of the world with this other clan that doesn't like you. Also, the second you accept this quest, this other clan's going to try and kill you. So you have to try and travel across the world to get this item and bring it back to the first guy. And then they'll be like, yay, here's a tip on how to do this. Now you have to go to this other part of the world to go talk to these people, to uh, go somewhere else, to get this thing. So you bring that back to them. And then all the while you're like discovering bits of knowledge about the world and ideally not dying a lot and storing items everywhere in different chests. And then when you die, you go and collect your items, you go grab the staff again, and then you continue on with what you were doing previously with a new character and a new build. That sounds very tedious. <laughs> kind of is, which is why I said the the open world aspect kind of is what detracts from it for me. Yeah, I, it, I think it's a that, node based open world, so it's it's a node based open world, so it's kind of like you you have like one spot, and then there's four nodes, and then there's multiple random encounters that can happen between the nodes, and then when you get to the node, you can either explore the node, go down onto the node, uh, explore the node and camp, and like repair repair your gear, or you can just move to the next node. So is there no fast travel nope. option? Hmm. There's like a teleporting system, but I'm seven hours in and I haven't actually gotten the stuff to make it work yet. I feel like that could it could be recovered with a fast travel system. <laughs> well, you, you have to know. go down to the bottom of some really hard dungeons and get the specific item to go put it into uh, both ends of where you want to teleport to. So you have to take the, these orbs and you have to go power up these teleporters in two separate towns and then link them together. Which is like a quest line in and of itself. It's it's a really okay. it's a neat game because right. it's got it's got a lot of <laughs> skippable content and a lot of stuff that like I'd love to see a speed run of it. Um, it's a neat game, but it's weird. But the first one was weird, so I don't know. 
It looks beautiful. Yeah, it, it, does. It, <laughs> yeah. it looks Agreed. and sounds incredible. That's what I will say about Unexplored. And also, most of the character voice acting, I think, is just done by the developer. And their voices are like a guy going, blah, 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 blah. And it's like very fun. Or like whenever you <laughs> roll your dice in the, in the, in the conversation system, the person's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just very fun. <laughs> I, like I don't know. That. There's bits and pieces around it. And it's got a lot of charm and character to it. I, I, I do really like it. I just, it's, it's not a perfect game. Um, but what, what do we have on here? Uh, anybody want to take a next one? Kind of blanking. Yeah, yeah, I can go. But Kiri said first, so Kiri goes. <laughs> okay. Um, right, so I want to talk about Captain of Industry. That is now in early access. And it's, I think it's like a, a mix of Anno and Victorio. Because it's not just a factory game, but you also have a settlement and you need to keep them alive. So you need to give them food. At the start, that's only potatoes, but eventually they won't. Or you can make different types of food and then they also want it and then you get water treatment for them and such and there's a exactly right <laughs> and, and there's a huge tech tree it is absolutely insane i played about i don't know 10 hours i think and i've made it so when you when you zoom out completely because you can zoom out in the tech tree you basically have three monitors full of tech tree and i've made it to the end of the first monitor i suppose like it, and then it gets more and more complicated what you need to do for this, for all the stuff that you need to make. But, so I, I don't really like factory games because they just break my brain. But this one doesn't, so far at least. And I enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. Because you have this also this aspect of take care of the people in a way. And I feel like I have enough time between research to just really figure out how that one new thing works and then I do this and I build it and then I can tackle the next thing because with with other factory games I'm like immediately overwhelmed by all the things that I have to do and then I just give up but this one has a really good pace I, I want to know now how people feel like like what people feel like when they play this when they are super into factory games because maybe that's boring for them then I don't know but for me it has a really great pace and the kind of scary thing is that all resources are finite because you're only on a small island but then you have a ship and with that ship you can go out and explore and that's a bit like in Frostpunk where you have also nodes and you go to that node and explore and maybe you'll find people, maybe you find resources and then there are some some nodes with pirates. At the start you don't have guns on your ship so you just have to flee again but then you can also find... Uh, more resources like an oil rig for example and then you need a cargo ship and collect that and stuff and it gets really complicated but it's a good game for conveyor and pipe spaghetti <laughs> so it's fun I, I enjoy this way more than I thought I would I haven't played um, the 1.0 release version yet I was uh, yeah sorry yeah, that's what I meant um, the early access version because I played the alpha already back in September because I already I've already played the game before. I also really enjoyed it, and um, it's a really really ambitious project. Like how complicated and like crazy it's going to get. Um, it was already really good then. Um, like absolutely, it's going to be really good to see when it's actually finished, and I'm excited for it as well. I need to jump into 
to this version because I haven't played since September. Since it was like since it became able since you became able to like buy into the alpha because um, that's when they also lifted like um, the the basically NDA like you could show it at that time and uh, it's it's even then it was good complicated but really really good already yeah yeah i i had to look at the research tree and it it does get super complicated mm. so far it's still okay like i still understand what i've got to do but like i think i'm very quickly now reaching a point where i'm just like okay what what i can do now is great mm-hmm. and i'm gonna just watch the trucks drive around now <laughs> i'm gonna be done with this <laughs> This game feels to me like one that I can't judge until I try it myself. Same. I'm just I'm just looking at but it and <laughs> I don't know the, what to think. The only judgments I have for this game is oh look, another game where you take a beautiful landscape and turn it into a hellscape. Yeah. You well, you can terraform as well, and that's really cool because basically everything on the island you just say, you know, trucks or excavators go there, take that, and then you can also put it somewhere else. And people produce waste, so you can. I I made a a trash insula and just put waste into the ocean and made an island that's great. To be fair, um, the world of Captain of Industry is already screwed. Doesn't that's make me feel any better about it. But that's <laughs> why you're already, that's why you're on the ship, and that's why people are on ships and on islands because. Yeah, polar ice caps are. Doesn't uh, change the fact that games like that make me sad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's it's, it's the reason I don't like playing Factorio is because I love the way Factorio's world looks when you spawn in. I also Mm. just, factory games make my brain hurt, but like, when you spawn into Factorio, I love the way the world looks. I kind of hate the way it looks after your factory is built. Yeah. It, it's not like Age of Empires mm, where like yeah. I love the way the world looks and then I build my base and I go fight things and I love the way it looks by the end of it. Almost every factory game I've ever played, including like even Satisfactory and like watching Dyson Sphere program, it's like, this looks awesome. And then the built factory is like, this is ugly. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I, there's, um, I need a factory there's, game there's... where it's like trying to like coexist with forests and stuff. And then I'm, then I'm in. That'd be nice. Like a super advanced one with already renewable energy and everything. Or I mean, yeah, I, or or like um like David Attenborough's kind of envision of like a future society where we all just live in like a rainforest in like weird towers with like drones that harvest natural wild fruit and stuff like that I'd be into, like Anno twenty two oh five, sounds but good, but not Anno twenty two oh five because that game was meh. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, I mean that's more of a puzzly thing, but I guess more like Terra Nil, I guess. Yeah, like it, 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 that's yeah. a game I'm yeah, looking forward to. Yeah, that is beautiful. To, right? that, that's on, yeah. I think, everybody's watch list. That game looks great. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, sorry I, I to just derail that, but. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely true. Because, like, as you said, like, for example, in Factorio, in Factorio, it's like extreme. If you go, like, heavy on, like, the actual, like, coal and wood burning stuff, like, the, the, the way the um, pollution spreads and all that sort of stuff, absolutely. So, uh, to be fair, in Factorio, you can theoretically try to do it with only renewables. It just takes a while longer. Like, you can do just solar panels and steam power. They're and, still and flattening like all the forests, though. Yeah. At yeah. Some point, Killing the bugs in the home did. that you invaded. You can yeah. play without bugs, because you don't need the bugs anymore. But the, Cause still their home. Even if you disable <laughs> them, you just beat them Not already. anymore. <laughs> but then they're not there. <laughs> they don't exist. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, all wildlife on Earth don't exist if we kill it first. Yeah, but you, it's not guaranteed that it's dead if you just play without bugs on. Which yeah, is probably I, the I, only I, way I, that I, I enjoy bacteria, Out of sight, out of anyways. mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Just like Dodos. <laughs> uh, Jess, do you, do you want to talk about uh, Crusader Kings 3? Yeah, I never know how to talk about Crusader Kings 3. <laughs> it's just so much game. How many daughters did you sleep with? None. Okay, how many <laughs> siblings did you marry to each other? None. Are you even playing Crusader Kings 3? What's wrong? I don't think you're playing it right. <laughs> I think you're playing the game yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, chat, chat tells me that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't play it right. You're supposed but... to be an awful monarch. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. I, like, one, one of my moderators has, like, tons of time in CK3, but he says that when he plays, he just is always an awful person, and he tries to help me through, like, some of the game events, and he's like, it's really hard for me to adjust my playstyle for Jess's playstyle because she's too nice. <laughs> and Crusader can't like that. But... <laughs> uh, there, th there was just a new flavor pack released called uh fate of iberia does it come with chocolate it's a no, flavor i don't pack. think so what, what about orange? i was trying to think if there was like <laughs> any new food or something in the game but i don't i don't think Dang. so sorry they added a lot of new stuff like with the flavor pack came um like new models for the buildings and characters but i don't i don't know about food and there i think there's some new events too but um this one takes place on the Iberian Peninsula, and it's really interesting because they introduce a struggle system. So pretty much it, it's just limited to that peninsula. So I, I, like I've already asked, you can't apply this anywhere else. It's like the Vikings, you know? Like It's just unique to the area. So... It's having, I still need to play a bit more, but you start in one phase, the opportunity phase, and you have the option of moving into a, like an era of hostility or an era of conciliation and peace. So the way that you decide where you move or which era you move into is based on what the decisions that you as a player make, but then also the AI around you. So like all the involved members and there's ways to be an interloper or uninvolved, but all of the, the the members who are involved, the decisions that they make generate points that either move you towards hostility or peace. And then there's phases afterwards, but I haven't even gotten through this first <laughs> phase yet on stream, but it's, it's really interesting. It hasn't so far played that much different. Like the, the, phase actually modifies game rules depending on which phase you're in so like things that might normally be unavailable to your culture or um to a religion or even to a time period like they'll be enabled or disabled depending on what phase you're in so i mean it's kind of cool I, I like i said i've hardly broken the surface or bro yeah broken the surface no Anyways, I I still have so much more to play. Is that it's something? Cool, like... 
Is that something you can start immediately or do you have to, I don't know, play a bit in your playthrough until you unlock this? No, it's immediate. As, as long as okay. you have the the flavor pack and it's like with the um, the other starting scenarios, like when you're building or choosing your character and it has those tabs at the top of the game or at the top of the screen where it's like the era or like the, yeah. the year and it has different rulers that you can choose from. It's got like a list of pre-generated characters that you can choose from and it will just throw you into it. All right, that's good. It's pretty neat. I mean, it's it's much cheaper than the Royal Court DLC. I mean, the, the Royal Court DLC was actually pretty cool. And so, like, you can obviously play this flavor pack along with it. So it's kind of neat because, like, I ended up getting, like, a, a Viking into my court somehow. And I turned, uh, like, one of my... I turned him into one of my son's tutors. And then I'm having that that Viking turn that son into a Norseman, like convert his culture to Norse. So then I can give him a county. So I have a Norse county. And then like, that's how you culture merge with the Royal Court DLC. You have to have like a county, I'm pretty sure in your realm. And you have to like work in a positive way with the other cultures so that you generate acceptance between each other. And then once acceptance is high enough, you can merge and like take bits of one culture and bits of another and just make a whole new play style and so i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna make um this like viking culture <laughs> where we can raid but also like i don't know it's gonna be cool i love how excited you are about this when i listened to it i was just like oh god no please please that's way too complicated when i hear people talk about crusader kings 3 i go oh this is how people feel when i talk about dwarf fortress <laughs> probably yeah i actually have to say i i watched jess play and that made me start playing ck3 again so i've been playing like i've not been playing off on stream but i've played off stream and um there's some and, there's some really good new stuff in it, like like. So you also played the new DLC. So I played I played yeah with the new DLC on mm -hmm. and Royal Court on and that sort of stuff. But I played as an uninvolved ruler, so if you're not in the area, you're not involved. But you can theoretically insert yourself if you start conquering area in Iberia. You can then just be put, become part of the, the the struggle and like the fate of Iberia and. It's it it's because a lot of people the, the the one issue that people had with CK three when it came out is that it obviously didn't have as much content as CK two. I mean, how could it? CK two is like you know nine years old at the time and had like bajillions of DLCs, but now with like with the with the DLC out and the two flavor packs out and that sort of stuff, like it feels like. It's moving more towards that, that, that era. And you can do really cool things. Because, like, with the royal court, with the expansion, you actually have a court. Like, you can go into your court. And you can put your artifacts on display in your court. And you can do more stuff with that. You can, like, have people come and, um, like, you know, petition you because you're the king now. And that sort of stuff. Like, it's really cool. And um, it is becoming, like, there's just, just so much more substance now in the game. It's really fun. I yes. just remembered, we talked about um, Royal Court a long time ago on the podcast, and we were saying that a big complaint 
was that you could only have a court if you're feudal. They changed that. That's like very old news, but now you can play royal court as tribal. So, improvement. Oh, that's good. That's, that's the update I said I would give you like <laughs> months ago. So, yeah, that was that was like I, I played um, on stream when royal court came out and I choose somebody that was feudal. So I was like, oh, crap, I did this and now I can't play the DLC basically because you can't, which is kind of silly because yes they didn't have a court but they still had you know their long houses with meetings and attendants and slaves well, you and all started that as stuff. feudal yeah. or you started as tribal i started as tribal sorry did i say okay. feudal sorry i'm a tribal yeah i started as tribal and you couldn't have it because i was a viking yeah i, I did that like... too but it was also fun to like unlock it but i understand if you pay for the content you just yeah and then you the content can't? yeah yeah but now you can. So that's cool. I'm glad they listened, you know? I'm going to take the floor for a second and do a quick one, if that's okay. Uh, so I, I played this game last week um, and recorded it for YouTube and put up a video on it. Uh, and I haven't streamed it at all. Uh, it's pretty short, so there's no real reason to. Uh, and this game is Monster Fight, spelled M-O-N-S-T-R-F-I-T-E. Uh, I will link this... Uh, on the on our private Discord here, just so that people can go take a look. Obviously, anybody listening to the podcast, the link will be included. It's on Itch, um, and it is a free one-bit dungeon crawler thing. Um, so the, the the kind of presentation of the game is it looks like an old game for like any one-bit system. So it, you two you two states for your pixels on and off, right? So it, it's just like blacks, uh, some grays using like scatter patterns, and then white. So it's a very simple, like, one-note kind of visual style. But um, they, like, the whole kind of conceit of the game is you get in into an argument with your uh, romantic partner, in air quotes, named Charlie. Um, and uh, they're, they're really mad that you just keep playing this video game and ignoring them. Um, and then the, the argument ends, and you take a bajillion damage, and I guess they knock you out or something. And you wake up in this fantasy realm where you have to fight monsters that progressively look more and more and more like your partner as you go through. Um, but uh, the, the whole kind of shtick of the game is it's it's a pretty simple, like, kind of JRPG kind of combat system. It, think of it like a really light, darkest dungeon. So you have kind of, like, your town, and you can, like, go to the school and, like, learn skills and you can like train new magic powers, you can upgrade gear at the smith, you can stay a night at the inn and recover health and your energy and stuff. Um, it's got a neat little combat system. It's based off of using the one, two, three, four, and five buttons. So it's literally a, driven with like four buttons on the keyboard. Um, mostly five is to select some things. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's a very simple little game, but the writing is really funny. Um, or at least I found it really funny. Um, like, you, you'll encounter pre people and they'll just, like, start insulting you in really amusing ways. Um, it, and it's, it, it's, I, it, for a game where you're playing as a person in psychosis because they got knocked out by their partner, it's very funny. <laughs> um, it's kind of like um, a very light, darkest dungeon with some amusing writing. Like, I became a vampire one time and then every single time I, in between each tax, attack, I would try and... Uh, suck the blood of the enemy that I was fighting, but if they didn't have blood, it would give me like this, you try and bleed the skeleton, and it doesn't bleed, and you are confused, and then you take damage. <laughs> um, and stuff <laughs> like that. So it, it's it it's an amusing fourth wall breaker video game that I found very fun. 
Seems like commentary on abusive relationships. Yep, that too. <laughs> but it, it's it's free, so just if it interests you, go try it. If you want a light, darkest dungeon. Yeah, right. I think you can pay what you want if you want, so you can like chuck them a couple bucks for it. But, where where can you find it? Uh, Itch.io. I put a link to it in the in in the podcast room on this Discord. But uh, yeah, it's it's just free, so that's where I played it. Um, and yeah, I'm trying, I'm looking at the thing here. What have we not done yet? Kiri, talk to us about Card yeah. Shark. Yeah, Card Shark, super unique game. Um, 2D graphics, maybe hand painted, I'm not sure, but like very unique graphics. And he, the story is set in France in the 18th century. And you're a mute boy who was working as a waiter, but then a guy cheated at cards, started a fight in a bar, and the, the mistress of the boy got killed. Um, and then he fled with that guy who started a fight. So now you're on the run, and they're taking you in and learning you card tricks and how to cheat at cards. And all the tricks that they teach you are actually real card tricks. And it's impressive. It is super, super cool. You, It's best played with a controller. And that works mostly well, I'm going to say. And then they teach you and explain things. Then they like guide you through it. And you try it. And it's like, you know, in order to do this trick, I forgot his name, you have to have to pick up the cards in a certain order so that this person gets a high card the other person gets a low card so you need to pick this up in a certain way then you need to shuffle once then you need to add like two more cards so that they're in the in the correct position then you need to in jog a card then you need to shuffle again twice and it's like it's so complicated but also it all makes sense like they really break it down so that you can understand it. And you could also just take a deck of cards and try it, IRL. It's very impressive. And then you play the story, which is also really cool. And you learn more about the world and the mysterious 12 bottles of milk. I still don't know what it is, but that's the, you need to find out what the 12 bottles of milk are. I think it's an event, but super cool. Really, really impressive and difficult yeah i'm i'm really interested in this game i requested a key and mm -hmm. haven't heard back yet but like i oh. really want to try it yeah it's <laughs> it's good it's really good i might just buy it <laughs> but uh, that that is a, a neat looking game looks cool yeah I've, ne I've never played anything like it it's so unique and i talked to the developer was in my chat then and the developer likes card tricks and magic tricks and that's why they made the whole game and made it accurate as well because they're just fascinated with it it's you should cool. invite them on this podcast i'd like to talk to them about that game <laughs> that'd be fun <laughs> but so yeah highly recommend card shark cool. cool i'm glad that that one comes with a good review because i like how it looks a lot mm -hmm. and i haven't heard anyone talk about how their impression of it yeah so Yes, I, I've played I've heard for five and a half really hours. Good impressions. Nice. 
I've played for five and a half hours. I'm halfway through the content. Because I think there are okay. 28 card tricks that you can learn, and I'm at 14 now. Cool. Do you need? Yeah. Do you actually need to know how to play poker to play this? No, no, absolutely okay, not. Good. So you only make, you only do the tricks. Really, you don't actually get to play the game. So gotcha. let's just say, you you have a map with nodes again. The node maps today. Uh, so you go to that node. Um, it's an inn, and you need ten coins to buy yourself into that game, basically, and. On the way there, you see, you sit in a carriage, I think, and the, the other guy explains how you're going to cheat at cards there and what you're going to do. And then that's all you have to do. You don't actually have to play a game, card game. I really like the conceit that the character is mute, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, and the funny thing is, I haven't mentioned that at all, because the character is mute, uh, but people talk to you, and you get to then, you have, like, two options how to reply to whatever they say. Um, you have a word there that's just for you, the player, but then you've got the funniest uh, facial expressions of the character you play. <laughs> like, you know, one one raised eyebrow, super wide open eyes, or like, I don't know, a sneer. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's really good. Fantastic. That sounds great, yeah. Neat representation, too. So I, I, I like that kind of stuff. Cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I look forward to trying it. I've got uh, one left, and I think that's the last one on this long list of games. No, I still uh, have one to talk about. Which one, one have too. you not talked about? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, uh, that one. All right, so I'll do mine because it'll be quick. Um, yeah. and, and then we'll move on to my time at Sandrock. Um, anyway, uh, so 20 minutes till dawn. Uh, have any of you played this yet? No, no but I want to. No, okay. I looked at it, though. It's Vampire Survivors, but you can aim. Uh, that's, that's it. So, uh, it's, it, it's Vampire Survivors, but everybody are, uh, pretty lady vampires, and, um, it's got a, and how do I explain this without just, like, sounding like I'm saying it's a one-to-one -to, -one to Vampire Survivors? So it's a wave-based survival arcade game um, with some meta progression. It's uh, There are uh, multiple unlockable characters, each with their own unique perks and multiple unlockable weapons. You pick a character and you pick a weapon. There's also a tech tree of perks that you can unlock your way down as you just play the game. You earn these little flame icony things. I actually don't. I haven't paid enough attention to figure out what they're called. But uh, you you, un you get this in-game currency and you can unlock perks. The perks can be equipped and you can equip one of each tier of both the combat and defensive. So you can build pretty quite unique builds actually. Like the um, kind of breadth and depth of this thing is actually kind of neat. Um, so you, you pick a character, you pick a gun and, uh, the guns are, there's like a, there's a revolver, which is a pew pew gun. There's like dual SMGs, which is dual SMGs. There's a shotgun. There's a flamethrower. There's a gun that shoots bats. Uh, there's a, and a grenade launcher and a crossbow. And, um, they, they all kind of have like different perks and, and effects. Uh, there are different characters with their own unique perks that are unlocked as you go through. Uh, there are boss fights, but aside from that, it's a very similar structure to Vampire Survivors. There's a 20-minute countdown timer, 
and the waves of enemies get more and more intense, and there are many boss fights throughout as the countdown timer gets more uh, gets harder. Um, something I will say about this game, because like you know, it is it's more of a twin stick shooter than like just kind of your idle fighter. So like you're you're actually like aiming in a direction with your gun. Um, there is an achievement for beating it without actually shooting though. So like there is one character who who like teleports and leaves a little. Um, like uh, a clone of themselves that attacks in an AOE around them. So there's, you can beat it without shooting, but it is very much like a, this is, this is a game where you have to aim. Um, it is extremely difficult. I have about eight hours in it yet. And the furthest I've gotten is two minutes from the end. So it is very hard. Um, so if you're looking for something that's like vampire survivors, but has a lot more dip difficulty and like build crafting and theory crafting, instead of just, um, kind of going through the motions to unlock everything. It's an interesting thing. Uh, it's worth the two bucks, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that's 20 minutes till dawn. Also, when when you beat it, you unlock modifiers and make the game harder. And there's 15 levels of difficulty. So actually 100%ing this thing might actually be really hard. Um, but I, I've enjoyed my time with it. It's very satisfying. Combat feels good. You can disable screen shake. Nice. Thank you. It's good to know. Good, yep. The camera does move, follow the mouse, but it's very slight. But I was watching kinda, a stream today, and it's, it looked totally okay without screen shake. Yeah, but also like, it has achievements. I just checked. Yes, but <laughs> they're all like beat the game on this character with this gun on the hardest, hardest, hardest. Fifteen, you've beaten the game fifteen times difficulty. So like, Oof. they're not easy achievements. Or like, beat the mm. game without shooting. I can't beat the game with shooting, or beat the game without getting hit. I certainly can't do that. So, um, yeah, okay. They're hard achievements. Look at the percentages of people that complete them. They are hard. It looks really cool. It's a fun game. I, I, I've, in, I've enjoyed my time with it. Like, I, I, I played it for six hours the first time I streamed it, and then I did another two last night just cause. And like, it, it's fun. I, I, I enjoy the game a lot more than Vampire Survivors. But yeah, it's like zero point one percent of people have finished the, the, the hardest thing. Like, most of them, it's like zero point one. Um, so those Impressive. are rare achievements. It's hard, but it's also in early access, so rebalances and stuff's gonna get added. Um, mm. Yeah, it's fun. Try it. Can I can I just quickly interject? There are so many games coming out right now, and I'm always thinking it's gonna be great on a Steam Deck. Oh, I'm gonna wait until I get the Steam Deck and then I'm gonna play it. It's just ah, oh. I still don't <laughs> have it, by the way, but. M much excited, and this looks like a perfect game for Steam Deck. Interjecting to your interjection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we we ended up ordering a Steam Deck, and so we're on the list too, but Ooh. we're like late. Yeah. Late on the list. So maybe one day. My one day. It will border. happen. It's been at the border for three weeks. <laughs> oh. Just waiting well, for it to clear customs. Yeah. Wow, hopefully soon. That's, that's long. That's America for you. Um, mm. Talk to us about Sandrock. FG, go. Yeah, My Time at Sandrock. Uh, finally here. It's the sequel to My Time at Porsche. It's in early access, but boy, does it have a lot of content. Um, so if you don't know what My Time at Porsche and My Time at Sandrock is, they're 3D life sims like Stardew Valley, but instead of farming, it's more about building and crafting items there's some farming ranching dungeon diving mining relationship stuff going on dates and doing mini games and all sorts of stuff um was originally planned to be a dlc for porsche but the scope was just 
so much bigger so they made it their own game they kickstarted it um kickstarter alpha came already out last year they kept it in alpha for a year uh listened to a lot of feedback and it's just awesome it's it's more porsche but better um better graphics better models just more things to do um more crafting the characters are pretty good some of them are a bit stereotypical because it leans into a little bit of a western thing and so there's some there's a little bit of stereotyping going on for certain characters um but yeah i played this version which is the early access version for over 50 hours and like there is a lot there's there's like lots of main story like i finished main story 43 hours in but then there were more side quests to do and then there's the commissions to do because obviously you need to get your workshop to like level to the top level and um it's really really good they have a roadmap out um multiplayer is coming at the end of the year because this is the big thing about this one it'll have multiplayer um i don't know if multiplayer is going to be just co-op or if it's going to be more multiplayer than that that i couldn't like find out just yet but um yeah it's 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 bigger it's better it's going to be multiplayer early access of course always the risk that it might not get finished but they've got a good track record before um Pathia games the developers and uh yeah it's it's just really fun and i played it for like two weeks straight on my channel every single day <laughs> right right now i'm going to interject we, we talked we talked about this game quite a bit on the last episode yeah of course um, yeah yeah but uh so, so I don't really have anything to say aside from this game is a really good example of ludonarrative dissonance. It's a super happy-go-lucky, lovely little farming sim game in a dark post-apocalypse where everything's depressing and everybody's going to die. It's That's ludonarrative super, dissonance. No, it's not a super happy-go-lucky game, though. No, it's not because literally everybody talks to you about how Sandrock is failing because... Yes. That's ludonarrative no distance. Look at the visual presentation of the game. Everything's super happy, lovely, and go lucky. No, ludonarrative difference is means it's the, the yeah dissonance is the is the difference between uh, the story that is told through gameplay and the story that is told through looks. Farming. It's not really farming though. There's there's hardly any farming, and the farming is actually really difficult. The farming okay, fine. is really difficult. Completely disagree with me. Move on. <laughs> no, because no, no, no. Because the thing is, you say there's farming. Yes, there is farming. But the way the farming is, is you have to fight for farmland from the desert. Because you have to make sure that you can actually, because everybody will be like, farming is really difficult. The desert, desert desertification is a big problem. <laughs> yes, but look at it. If it, just, it, this would that story and that gameplay would fit if the game looked like Last of Us Two, but it looks like a frickin' Pixar film. That's ludonarrative dissonance. No, because I, I have no input on this. But like I said, you don't agree with me, so move on. I don't want to have no, this argument. No, because with you. I don't agree with you because ludonarrative dissonance has nothing to do with how a game looks. It's about how the story is told. And how the gameplay is done. Like There's I no, said. There's nothing about graphics. Move on. <laughs> Never! <laughs> All right, then you keep talking, no. and I'll go no, make fine. another cup of coffee. No, please keep going, because I'm waiting for my pizza, because I'm really hungry. I need dinner. <laughs> he already left. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
So here we are. Yeah, we're just waiting now. We I'm just waiting for my pizza. I'm really hungry. Really it's late. Pizza. Yeah. This is a, are we counting this as a break? No, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's going to edit this later. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, no, you know what? We're talking about post-apocalyptic games. Talk to us about post-apocalyptic Timberborn. Go. <laughs> All right, sure. Um, Timberborn. So recently I started trying something new. Similar to like how Blind does his like patron backers pick where he has his patrons vote on a game. I have done it differently where I let like patrons and subscribers vote for a game and once once per month and they voted for Timberborn. So I I haven't played hadn't played Timberborn since I think September 2021. And so since then there's been a bunch of updates. Um, update one, which feels like a misnomer because there's been many updates, but <laughs> it's their first major content patch. And that added so much new stuff, just new buildings, new resources, and it was like a whole different game. Except it was the same game. I, I, <laughs> it just played so much better than I remember Timberborn being. Like just a, a lot of a lot of the ways that the game felt gated, it feels much better now. There's still some things where it just is really frustrating, like the district mechanic. But I, I get why they're doing it, and like I, I don't know, I would like that to change. But if it doesn't, I mean, okay. But it's really cool, like the way that you build vertically like i'm not sure if they rebalanced resources or something but it's become much easier to build and especially to build vertically because the problem that i have when i played previously is the platforms that you needed to build like this were really expensive but they're still expensive but maybe like they changed how many resources are harvested because i my resource management felt better Mm. But what, what's really cool is the water dynamics, and I know that's that's their um, like whole selling point, is manipulating the water, but it was actually very neat. I ended up making this massive lake on my map just because I could, <laughs> <laughs> and like I ended up making uh, like three different dams, and so my little village, like I had one dam, and then another, and then a third, and it was really easy for me to start managing water throughout the drought like as it got longer or the because you know in timberborn that you um go through a period where there's it's not a drought <laughs> in the post-apocalyptic world and then you have a drought cycle and every time it happens it gets longer so i ended up making this massive lake behind my first floodgate and then i have a second one that would um like regulate water into my like my um, downstream village, and then a third one to just stop all the water from draining altogether. And so I ended up being able to just like, okay, let's uh, drain my lake a little bit, and I don't know, it was really cool. Funnily mm. enough, neat. you funnily enough you you just picked it up again because literally yesterday they uh, dropped the experimental for update two. So you should probably just play again next week because it's going to be a whole new different game. Because I, have, the... I have a good way of doing this, actually. That happened with Tavern Master too. Yeah, true. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Because they're um, they're adding um, a whole bunch of stuff. They're adding golems now. Oh so yeah. 
that's that's our automatons. Yeah, that's probably their way of like bringing some endgame spice because as far as like Timberborn's cool, it has a lot of cool elements to it, but like it doesn't have an endgame, and the the golems that they're they're adding, I I'm hoping that this is like. I don't know. Maybe this is a way to add automation? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because I assume, since they are golems, I don't know, I haven't played, but that would feels like, like it should feel like they, they should just go unless they need charging, so they should just even also work through the, throughout the night, I suppose. And that sort of stuff. They're also rebalancing needs and some science point stuff, and you get more unlocks. Like, it looks really cool. Like, the screenshots that they have, I'm excited. I might have to play some Timberborn next week myself as well. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I, I really hope there's like one thing that I really, 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 really hope that they change, and it's um, resource recovery. Because right now, you don't get resources back at all. So if you put a building down and like you put the frame, if your beavers place resources into it, then they're gone. Like, well, yes, they're gone. If you delete the building, they're gone. If you realize, oh, I just need to move this building over one tile. Like even if it's in the middle of being constructed, you just lose everything. And as a player that really likes to change my mind a lot, it's frustrating. <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see where that game goes. It's been it's been slow-ish, but it's been plodding on steadily, and it's gonna be good to see where it goes. Do we know sure. when it's coming out? The game, you mean, like or the yeah, update? like version one? No, sorry, no, version one. No, no, I don't think they have a roadmap that okay. goes that far. I think they're they're. I yeah. think they're moving a little bit quicker because they doubled their studio size. Is this the, is this right? I, I mean, it sold really I, well, so that wouldn't surprise me. I uh, sometimes get the things mixed up. Mm. I think it was um, Mechanistry. They went from 6 to 12 developers. I think so. So, That's I nice. mean, hopefully it goes faster. Glad it's going well for them. That was it. We're done. We did, we went through. We got through all <laughs> so, of the games. We did it. <laughs> I started reading the post to. I was waiting if there was a follow up anecdote there before just like jumping no, us into questions. I, but... I started I started reading because I was trying to confirm or deny if I got that right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, I I think that that that's a, a good chunk of video games. So maybe we say enough of video games and we go to a quick break. And, we, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, user-submitted questions because there's we've kind of done a ping on social media asking for questions. Uh, so uh, we, we can read through those and answer some questions on podcast. So um, we'll be back in a, sh a short minute after this quick break. And uh, when we return, we will answer these user-submitted questions. Back in a moment. Hello, I am Sui. I am a part-time streamer on Twitch, part of the lovely House in Frequency, and I am also a full-time student. I stream primarily wholesome kind of indie games with, you know, slice of life, RPG, all that good stuff. And you can follow me over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Sui, S-U-W-E-Y. 
And we're back. Once again, this is the Halcyon Frequency podcast for, I don't know why I say this every single time, but it's just, it's kind of become a habit. Anyway, this is episode 21 of the Halcyon Frequency podcast featuring myself, Blind, FG Squared, Wad Jess, and uh, 2D Kiri. Uh, and we're in this question segment because it's the third year of Halcyon Frequency existing and the questions bucket has been a little empty as of late. So we kind of put out a reach into the social media sphere. Uh, if you do want to ask questions, this is kind of a regular segment, but we've just kind of made it the theme of this episode. If you want to ask questions, go to the Halcyon Frequency Discord and go to the podcast questions room and uh, post your question there. Of course, the podcast topics room is also there where you can discuss the podcast if you so desire or just, you know, ask us questions about it um, more without them being answered on the podcast, I guess. Uh, and... Uh, so, yeah, uh, FG is going to start off with this uh, first question from uh, Without Getting Wet. Yeah, that's the, that's the person who kicked this all off because this question was actually posted before we put the call out out. So big shout outs to Without Getting Wet. Thanks for doing that and getting that started. And the question is, is there a video game or some other media that you're a big fan of, but you haven't had the opportunity to talk about on the podcast? On the podcast Anybody specifically to... or just in general? I added the on the podcast, but I assume it's on the podcast because we mostly talk about recent games that we've played. Yeah. But that was mine edit. So is, or the, <laughs> is there a video game or media that, you haven't, that you're a big fan of that you haven't talked about? I actually, I do have one. Tell your secrets. Tell me. I'm, I've talked about it like ever so slightly on the podcast and like somewhat around, but um, actually Arcane. The developer the animated oh the, the tv show sorry yeah the, the animated series in the league of legends world i did not watch it when everyone was going crazy about it and i, I watched it somewhat recently and i really liked it but i just i don't know everyone was over it and so i, I didn't have a chance to like gush about it with anybody <laughs> it's so good yeah it was really good Anybody else that can think of this something? This is a tough one because I'm on every episode. So. <laughs> uh, FG, if, if you have an answer, go. So my answer is mostly just kind of, um, it's not really a recent thing, but it's like the nostalgia of video games that I played as a kid. And like just retro games in general, because most of the other people on the podcast, except or on the team besides Bellana, are like 10 years younger than I am. So we didn't really grow up playing the same stuff. So Belle and I kind of have that that shared thing, um, but it's it's really hard to talk about somebody like, like, like about retro games if you've never played that game and like to explain it and whatnot. So um, if we could do at some point do like your retro gaming episode, I'd I'd be there. <laughs> um, so, so it's like it's like a big thing because I I used to actually not anymore really. Um, especially not with the pandemic on, but I was really into like retro game collecting, like actually going out, going to like flea markets and car boot sales and all that sort of stuff. And just like look through people's stuff and buy cheap video games off of them. And that was really, that was really fun. And I have a big collection of like, I mean, comparatively it's not big, but it's probably around at the biggest, it was probably around a thousand games. It's smaller ever since I moved to England. Cause I, I sold some stuff off. But, uh, yeah, don't really, haven't had the chance to talk about that much. That's so that cool. Was, that's my answer. 
Yeah, I'm not really a fan of anything, which sounds a bit sad, but <laughs> I don't know. I like I like games or I dislike games, but it's, you know, they're, they're cool. The word not. fan is derived from fanatic, thus being fanatical about something, which is a negative yeah, thing. Definitely not. The thing is, though, the question was a video game or other media. So other yeah, media accounts. Yeah, so books. Books, books are awesome. I love books. We need to get and you and uh, Bellinger's wife on a podcast. I spent most of my off time reading. Same. <laughs> I do that too. Usually, yeah. it's good to to wind down. Absolutely. For for me, this is a difficult one because, like, as I said, I'm on every episode of this show more or less. Like, I've only missed like I think one. I think. So two, two, one, maybe two. Maybe? I, I need to go through. I hosted again. one, and Kiri hosted one. Yeah, I was on maybe? the one that Kiri no, hosted, but, though. But you were, yeah, you were on that one. So I guess one, yeah, yeah. You're the champion so far. Yeah, the well, Iranian I, champion. So, yeah. so for me on on the podcast specifically, it's tough. I I think like it's it's mean slash weird to say that I'm a fan of this, but there's a lot of really kind of gnarly things that happen in the game industry that I would love to talk about more, uh, like just human rights workers rights unions uh all the heavy politics and that kind of heavy hitting stuff i love that stuff and i love talking about that stuff and i think it's really interesting the frustrating thing is i'm not an educated person so like i i never i barely graduated high school i was a c student and i haven't done any post-secondary like literally i finished school i worked for mcdonald's for eight years and now i have this job um so i don't have the vocabulary to eloquently discuss certain topics so there's some things that i just won't even bother posting or um i'll, I'll worry that uh they'll either be too harsh for the people that i'm co-hosting with or alternatively the people that i'm co-hosting with won't have any knowledge of the subject whatsoever so i it's one of these things where i don't feel confident to talk about some of that stuff and uh i i don't feel that there is really an easy way to field some of those topics on this podcast. Um, on a lighter note, I want to talk about camping more often because I like camping. <laughs> yeah, I like camping too. And hopefully share pictures. Doesn't work well <laughs> on the podcast, but I'd like to see the pictures. I'm, I'm planning on bringing a GoPro. So like, there, there, there will oh, be, that's cool. There will be stuff of camping. I'll confuse the heck out of you. Oh my gosh, we should channel. go camping together. Come up to Vancouver and call me. <laughs> it's only a couple trains away. Amtrak oh my goes all the way across the I'm thinking about this now, like, ooh. It's actually like way more doable than you, than you might think. I know, no, it's like it's a pretty affordable. Never mind. It's pretty affordable. <laughs> this is not do a camping podcast. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. I was gonna say it's a like as long as you have your gear and everything, it's a fairly affordable way of like getting out for a period of time because you don't have to pay for lodging usually you just have to pay for the like your um your pad you know like your campsite there there and are some like campsites a here a day they're, they're like because the type of camping i do is i i go backpacking right uh, there, there are some places here where you'll need to put a deposit down and then you get your money back afterwards Oh, that's cool. cool. Like, so is that dispersed camping? It's basically, well, I, I mean, it's just you walk into government property and mm -hmm. set up a tent wherever. But it's basically like a, you burn the forest down 
you're in trouble. <laughs> you leave garbage <laughs> everywhere and they find it and we report you with the general area that you were and they can prove it was you, you get fined or you don't get your money back. But usually you just get your money back. Be a decent human. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, um, We haven't had camping like that, but yeah, it's just a few dollars a day. So it's... Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't go to campsites specifically. None, none of the places I'm planning on going to this summer are campsites either. Anyway, uh, we should move on to the uh, next question. Uh, <laughs> Jess, do you want to take this question from Ascension? Hmm. If you could travel for free to any country for a week, which country would you visit? North Korea. Why? Well, for free, and, and so I'm I'm kind of going to elaborate this question that it's for free plus like there's no risk of me dying. North Korea. I understand that, but even if you don't have to spend any money to pay for the holiday, you'll still spend money in the country, which means you support the regime, like the regime. Like, I, I'm I assuming understand... I'm assuming the whole trip is free. I'm yeah, assuming no, I'm paying all expenses paid, right? Yeah, but then you still you still going there still means that they get money from you and that's the that's the shady okay. stuff. I totally understand the curiosity because it's like the one country that we know nothing like that you know where it's like there's like a big sense of mystery around it. But it, it like, it's not just a big sense of mystery. It's the fact that I'm a person with some sort of public face, and the fact that I could go there and be able to talk about that would be fascinating to me. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I just, I just morally, I don't think I could go there. Even I'd if feel better somebody... about going there than going to the States right now. No, I don't think so. <laughs> morally speaking, I don't, I don't think I would feel comfortable about going there. Unless you're going as like a, either, like maybe as like investigative journalism. That's different. That's why I'd want to go. But like, here's the thing though. The question is, where would you go? That's where I would go. Yeah. FD, where would you go? Answer? I would go to the other side of the world from here because I've been I've been to a lot of countries that I really really wanted to, but I've never been to Australia and or New Zealand. Like I would probably want to hit, hit up New Zealand, um, just because I've never been there. I've never been to the southern hemisphere. I've been to a lot of countries, but I've never been to the southern hemisphere. And New Zealand just seems amazing, like just the just the countryside and like just yeah. I mean, I would totally do that. But it's it's mostly it was just mostly about the countryside because it's it's really it's really pretty. Go to actual it's Hobbiton. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be lots of tourists there, but like, yeah, like like just yeah. But if you go there, like, yeah, yeah, it's I would something you have go, to do, yeah. right? Because you're also the tourist going there. Yeah, yeah, I would go there as well. But like <laughs> just just you know, rent a car and drive around and explore and just hit up like random beaches and like volcanoes and the is like this it looks really cool like the 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 like the landscape shots that they do in like lord of the rings is just really like just a travel advert for new zealand really nice yeah that's what i would do where would you go kiri where there's snow i can't really decide between finland and canada in winter or like well maybe not in the deepest winter but like when it's <laughs> so cold you don't want to go to large snow, parts of canada in the winter ice <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I've, I've always wanted to go to Finland because they've got like this ice hotel that's completely made out of ice, and that seems mm. amazing. And I want to see the aurora. So Finland is nice, but then there's also Canada. And if it's all expenses paid, Canada is more expensive. You could go to like Whitehorse in Canada, where they because Whitehorse is a very um, it's a small city. It's only like a hundred thousand people, but it's like 
it's a small city that is very young and with a, with a lot of artists living there. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very, it's basically just like the northern hipster town. That's <laughs> very expensive to live. <laughs> And All also right. food is expensive there because it's, it's northern. It's as far north, if not further north, than Finland. And there's nothing there and they can't produce any food because it's too cold. Right. So everything is important. So they have, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So it's expensive to live there, but I've heard really good things about living in Whitehorse. Well, I'll keep that in mind. There you go. It's Canadian yes. Tourism Minute. <laughs> Uh, this this question is like super hard for me <laughs> because I just want to go everywhere. Mm. There's there's actually a German word to describe this sort of kind of, and maybe you two can tell me how to say it. But yes. like fernve, fernve, fernve. I was. Yes. It's funny. I was actually thinking about Wanderlust, which me is too. also a word <laughs> that works in English, uh-huh. like yeah. the the. You you, you want to go and travel, I suppose. It's, it's not really travel hiking, but... sickness. It's like the opposite of homesickness, but travel sickness. Yeah, so kind of. B- yeah. Before you answer, Jess, I have a more wholesome response now that I've thought about it for a minute instead of just going with the knee-jerk first reaction. <laughs> okay. I w- would go to Monaco during the Monaco Grand Prix. Ah, <laughs> there you go. That would do it. That's a good one. Assuming they still that's... do it next year because they might not. But Yeah, that's a pricey one too. Like the tickets for yeah. a Grand Prix, like there's gonna be. <laughs> oh yeah, I looked at how much it would cost to rent an Airbnb on the track. Just out of curiosity, it's like four thousand dollars a night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was like, hey, if we, how many people could we cram in there? We could fit like twelve <laughs> people in like a one bedroom still, apartment. Still expensive. Hmm. But. So yes, except for you want to go everywhere. Is the Somewhere in particular you want to go to. Well, but it's it's so hard to pick because traveling is so expensive. Like if I could go yeah. anywhere for free, I'd have like I don't know. This would be like Brazil. a major research project for me. The Galapagos ama- Islands. <laughs> I don't know. Naming fun sounding places. Um, <laughs> Moose Jaw, Canada. No, you don't. You don't. Madagascar. Do <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have an answer. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so this is completely unrelated, okay. but I saw a job offering <laughs> relatively recently, uh, and this is a job offering that pops up every three months, and every time I see it, I think about it for a minute, and then I go, no, 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 and then I don't. Um, but this job offering is the most remote post office in the world. It's in Antarctica. It's a shack in Antarctica, and it's owned by uh, the, 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 the British Royal Mail, Right. It's not really a post office. It exists so that people in cruise ships can go there and mail postcards from Antarctica to other places in the world. That's why it exists. Um, But originally it was like a trading post, right? Um, And it's it's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's basically a museum. It's like a historic site. Um, But there's two parts of the job. You uh, have to uh, mail letters for tourists in cruise ships and you have to count penguins. And it's three months of work, and it's pretty good pay, um, and you're there with four coworkers. There's satellite phone, which is very expensive, and you're not allowed to use it. No internet, no cell phone reception, and um, it, it's uh, you, you you go there, uh, and and you're it's not actually that cold. It's about maybe minus ten to minus fifteen all the time. There's no running water, so you can only shower when there's cruise ships, and uh, you use a giant outhouse. 
But my god, it would be a nice way to disconnect from the internet. Are you saying that you want this job? It sounds horrible, but also really cool in a way. Like, like yeah, I mean, like, I've seen the thing. I know how this ends, right? But, like, everybody dies and the thing explodes, right? But, <laughs> yes. um, like, yeah, there, there's true. elements to it where it's like, this is a horror film, but also, wouldn't it be lovely to just, like, because it, it's four hours of work approximately per day. But Maybe you work like seven a days week, a week. But then I'm done there. And you're and you're counting penguins. Just bring a stack like this of books, and just like counting sit on a penguins. lawn chair in like <laughs> on a glacier and like hang out. Yeah. As somebody, as somebody who has actually done that, something like that. It's not quite that, but I've done something similar. It's is really nice, and you actually get used to it. So what I did was, um, okay, this was a long time ago. This was in 2011. So this was just before everybody switched over to having, um, you know, smartphones with uh, mobile internet. So I had a phone, but I didn't have, um, uh, I didn't have mobile internet on it. Like that, that was still a time where people used like the little USB dongles for their laptops rather than their phones, because phones like they came out, they became more popular afterwards. And I went to the UK on an archaeological dig. And there was camping on site. There was one person and I was camping. And we just camped there for five weeks. So it wasn't quite three months, but it was five weeks. Um, five days of digging, two days of work. You were right next to the beach. There was a there was a little corner shop within like two miles. So you could walk there and back. That sounds like a paid vacation. And um, it somewhat was, yeah. Uh, it wasn't paid. It was volunteer. But like... Sounds like a vacation. It was it was good. It was really good. It was really chill. Like it was like right next to the. It was right next to the. Like it was like in a in like a like a little holiday village. But like literally as soon as the holiday makers go, because they don't stay in this village, there's like less than a hundred people there. Um, but we did have hot showers because we were right next to the camping, uh, thing. But they were paid, so we usually showered with just the free cold water, <laughs> and that sort of stuff. You get used to it. Cold showers you get are used fine. to it. As long as it's it not super warm. cold outside as like well. It, yeah, it was warm. It was during the summer, so it was okay. like 22, 23 degrees, so it wasn't like okay. freezing or anything like that. It it's was not like really you're in nice. Antarctica. Yeah, exactly. It was not like Antarctica. It was really good. I read so many books and, you know, just like some hiking and then go down to the beach and go swimming and it was, it was really good. Uh, I don't know if I could do it nowadays, but it was really good. I, I have something to say about this too. <laughs> Go on. I was going to move us on to the next question, but make it quick. I know, but now I want to contribute too. <laughs> Never. So the, the last time, I'll try to be quick. The last time I went camping, um, I got into a conversation with um, one of the um, forest rangers on site. And he was describing his job. Basically, he was a, a part of the U.S. Park Service, but... What they will do is they'll put you somewhere, like at a location, for a few months at a time. And so, like, he and his wife and his dogs just would migrate from park to park. And so this one had, like, a little house, like a little cabin for them to live in. And that their job was just to go, go and, like, make sure the camping is going okay and no one's doing anything bad. And, like, maybe backpacking on the trails and he said it's just like a wonderful job because just every quarter of a year you're going to a different state and experiencing something new and i don't know that seems like a pretty cool job 
Kiri, do you want to take this next question? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it sounds like a cool job. <laughs> I agree, yes. Yeah, same. So Cody Hunnan is asking, if streamer birthday is every day, how old is streamer then? I have an answer. I think that is your question. Okay, blind. 10,227. Is that a random number? That's for me. That's, that's how, how old I am today. Nice. 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 That's good. Yeah, I... Uh, according to chat, I've been around as long as time has existed, roughly. Because <laughs> uh, literally every day is apparently my birthday. So, uh, how old is the universe now? So, uh, there you go. Billions, yeah. Billions of years, apparently, yeah. FG nice. is billions. Yes. <laughs> Correct. New game. My origin story is the opposite. <laughs> My origin story is I came into existence a few years ago, which is why I don't know any popular culture. <laughs> that's, that's a good reason, yeah. <laughs> Appeared. Yeah, yeah. Sound, suddenly conscious. Yeah. So one could say a what Jess appeared. <laughs> what? Yeah. Nice. Um. So sticking to the birthday subject, uh, Dap Dude says uh, or asks. Uh, what kind of birthday cake are you having and where is my piece? I'm going to bake a strawberry cake tomorrow. Ooh. I'm having pizza, which is sometimes called pie in the U.S. So With a candle? Pizza pie, I guess. How do you, where's your piece? How do you candle pizza? Oh, that works. I've done that. Yeah, you can. Birthday. Actually, yeah. no, punch holes in the box and put them in the box. Or just in the crust. That works too. But yeah, and I, I did it through the box when I did it. Nice. And your peace tab is right here. You just have to come and get it. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, my birthday was a few days ago and we had a vanilla lemon cake. Um, and uh, send me your fax number, uh, Dap, and I'll fax you a slice. There's one slice left in my fridge. <laughs> so generous. Now I want cake. Now I want cake. I think I would have almond cake. That doesn't sound good. good. I love almond baked goods. They're just so good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. You'd have to convince me. Out of all <laughs> the three choices that people mentioned, I would probably go with Kiri's strawberry cake. Of course. We're the same person. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> FG, do you want to take Which, this next one from Jsogs? Yeah, Jay I was Sog. just going to say that does actually lead into uh, Jsogs or Jsogs uh, question, uh, which is how many people are actually on this episode? Because doubles only count once. So um, there's only two, because uh, we've we've clarified that Jess is FG, FG is Kiri, and Kiri is FG and Jess. So yeah, there's two. <laughs> well, if I have multiple personalities, do multiple personalities count as multiple? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Well, then so we are two more than <laughs> for me. <laughs> so four. <laughs> That's good. Oof, I'm just reading ahead to the next question. This one is actually thoughtful. Not, yes. not a troll question. W would you like to <laughs> read ahead. this question from uh, Nalo then? Jeff? Yeah, this, this, one, this one is from uh, Nalo Vint. So he asks, um, you all between you and individually have a wealth of streaming experience. I'd be interested to know one piece of advice that you'd each tell someone who was just starting out streaming. Archive everything! <laughs> Yeah. So that you yeah. can look back and see how bad you were a year ago and go, damn, I've improved. Otherwise, you have like no yeah. marker to tell how much you've improved. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. My advice kind of ties into that. 
after a stream, not not after every stream, but every once in a while, go back to your streams, recent ones, watch them, and then improve. Because if you like your content, you're doing it right. If you don't like it, if you, you know, I could do this better and that seems a bit odd, and then you can change and make it better. I always tell people if you listen to your VODs and you go, I can't stand my voice, fix it. So yeah. you can. Yep. And if yep. you like hearing your voice, your audio sounds better. Yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, I think I would honestly have to agree. Like, I can think of a lot of things that I would say to someone just starting out. But, um, yeah, I was, before Kira even said it, my advice would be watch your content. Because that, you can identify so many issues in so many ways that you can see how you personally could improve as quickly as tomorrow, just from watching your content. Yeah. And if you Definitely, don't like your yeah. content, then why should somebody else like it? So make exactly. sure you yeah. like it. So I would definitely agree. Um, I would that that's definitely like the most general advice. Um, as somebody without a cam and uh, with a more specialized advice, you don't need a cam, but if you want to go camless, talk. Because if there's silence, people don't know you're there. They don't know you. Like there is no connection. So talk. That also goes if you have a camera. But with a camera, you can do funny faces or like expressions you can wave your arms around or something like or you can like get out of your chair and walk away as a funny skit moment you don't have that when you don't have a cam so the only way people know and can connect with you is your voice so talk uh, never stream, shut up a streamer i know once did a my baby is sleeping stream and so he muted his microphone and he made his cam a little bigger than normal and just emoted really heavily the entire time <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like but that plays real badly on an audio <laughs> format, but he just made funny faces yeah. for like seven yeah. hours and it was very yeah. amusing. <laughs> I like that. That is good, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just like the, the, the best person to improve your own content is you. And I think that there's a lot of people who just kind of fall into the, oh, I don't like listening to myself or I can't listen to myself or I don't want to watch myself. You're in the wrong industry. Like I can hear my own voice in my ears right now <laughs> because of my mm -hmm. microphone monitoring right Same. and you need to Same. do that <laughs> like it's it, you need to get used to watching yourself hearing yourself and listening to yourself because that's how you tweak and improve and work on and make your content better i mean in a in a similar vein to what you said like um archiving your content gives you a good opportunity to watch your vods back because i mean if you're if you're editing them or at least um reducing them like you have opportunities to even just view like a few moments of your content and like just go back and check markers and it's two birds at once totally yep so pink fluffy llama is asking or you and i it's a question I think it would be nice to hear how you all first heard about streaming and then why you wanted to get into it and do it yourselves um, I, I, I can go first. I wanted to find something, a hobby. I was about to finish my master's and I was looking for a hobby to just do and chill. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, <laughs> and, and mystery suggested Twitch and I had no clue what that was, which is hilarious. So I, I looked at Twitch and I realized streaming seems pretty cool. So I did some research and then I started streaming. Mine actually starts on YouTube, like 
over 10 years ago by now and i was just watching around and stumbled upon some gaming stuff and i found this channel called day nine tv and i just realized i watched this content i was like wait this is done live why can't you do this live and then i wa I, I went on twitch and made my account was it um, twitch then or justin still that was that was twitch that was 2012 so it was already twitch my account has never been a justin account but my twitch account is going to be 10 years old this year amazing same i actually is mine 10 years old hold on let me check jess was yours a twitch answer? account or justin blind uh, i made an account on justin but i made a new account on twitch because i didn't like my username this right. was before you could change <laughs> cool. that. I, I wonder what the username March 1st, was. 2012. Yeah, my account's 10 years old. Dang, yeah. Happy I still birthday. gotta wait. <laughs> I gotta wait till December for that. So, Jess, do you have an answer? Yeah. Um, how I first heard about streaming. So, this was, I think it was 2017. And um, Solentre had like someone IRL that he knew that started doing, um, started streaming and then also like was doing collaborations with um, someone who's really big on YouTube and was like, wow, this is like somebody that like I went to school with and look what they're doing. They're like doing these collaborations and, and they're live streaming. And I like, I looked at the live stream and was like, this is really cool. I'd never seen this before. Somehow in 2017 had never <laughs> seen this before. And so, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> I mean, I just spawned into existence a few years ago, so yeah, I yeah. mean, this checks out. To be fair, <laughs> Twitch like quadrupled so, it. The TwitchCon 2016 had like 16,000 people that showed up. TwitchCon 2019 had like 250,000 people. The site's grown a little bit in the last six years. Yeah. It's like if you found yeah, the site around course. 2017, that was like peak growth like graph going up so like yeah so i um i hadn't been on twitch prior to that but i made an account and just started streaming and off and on my content was very bad at the beginning <laughs> same <laughs> i think all we all agree worth, probably yeah yeah <laughs> i uh so i'm like fg uh, except I think I'm even further back than FG. So I, I always wanted to get into radio, um, when I was younger, because I, I've always kind of just had like this thought in the back of my brain that either I'm incapable of learning properly, which is probably because I'm, I have a sick, broken brain or because like, I, I don't know. Anyway, normal, normal jobs never really looked like something that I like, as, as soon as I like became a sentient human being and stopped being a little child, it was just like, I want to fly airplanes and be an astronaut and a rock star. Um, once I got kind of past that era, I was like, I want to go into radio because it's like, that was something that's like one skill that I always knew that I was pretty good at was talking. I could like take over a conversation and make it impossible for anybody else to speak, which is what you need to do to be in radio. Um, and I, I was also quite good at interviewing people. It was something that I actually did in scouts. I, I, I got a bunch of like credits and stuff for interviewing people and doing interviews. Um, and so I, I wanted to get into radio Well, the radio industry in case you haven't noticed is, um, on the decline. Uh, so YouTube became a thing in like 2006, 2007. And I remember watching early YouTube videos and trying to make YouTube videos very poorly. There's actually some videos on YouTube that I made in like 2007 on accounts that I no longer have access to, which is kind of weird. Um, and I look at those every now and again, I go, I'm never going to tell anybody about, anybody about these. Hmm. Um, but they exist. 
Uh, and like I made some tutorials for software and stuff back then. And some of them have like 100,000 views, which is weird. Um, but yeah, no, like there's, there's stuff that I did back in the day and I always wanted to do that. And then I remember it was, um, I could probably figure out exactly what day this was because it was launch day for Borderlands 1. Uh, Cnanners, who was a YouTuber who I was subscribed to at the time, put up a, uh, a notification that he was streaming on Ustream um, with, and I knew that streaming services existed, but I didn't realize you could stream games on them up until this point. Um, he was streaming uh, Borderlands 1 cooperatively with, let's see if I can remember this correctly, Gassy Mexican, can't remember who else they were playing with, Cnanners, and I'm trying to, it might have been stripping. It was like somebody else who was like a, a, an ex Yogscast person. And then there was one other person who I don't think makes content anymore. I can't remember who the, who the fourth was. But it's like people who, who are still in this industry now. And it's like, I remember seeing that and going, man, that's cool. And I was watching the stream at like 160p or something because that's what my internet could load. And going, I want to do that. And it's been kind of somewhere in my brain ever since. And then when I was working night shift, F, like right before I moved out, a friend of mine was like, you need to do that once you move out. And I was like, yeah. And then I got back. I started it when I moved out properly. I like fiddled with it before that point. I streamed for like six months before I moved out, but my internet was terrible. So it was like 120, like 160p is what I could stream at. So it didn't last very long. Um, but I, I streamed on and off for about a year. And then a friend of mine was just like, you should do this and I'll do it with you. We'll do a 30 day stream challenge. And I'm still on that stream challenge. <laughs> Although I, I don't stream daily anymore. That was the original thing. But like I, I did a year daily. I did a second year daily, and then I went to like six days a week, and I basically just been still going. So, yeah, it's a curse, but I love it. Um, <laughs> next question here is from uh, just some old guy or JSOG, and uh, he says, "Is there any intention to bring Halcyon After Hours back on a more frequent?" basis i mean more frequent basis it's like on hiatus so we haven't done it in a while more but... infrequent it, it or... says infrequent oh okay important. or on a Sorry, more infrequent basis yeah well. i can't read hmm well there's that time issue of getting yeah getting people together yeah so that, that's the main thing i think it's is been scheduling. increasingly more difficult over time yeah <laughs> also now yeah, with people being problem. allowed to go outside so it... it's gotten harder yeah. I, I have a I have an idea how it could happen. So um, if you maybe don't find... promise anything here. No, but... no, 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 no. <laughs> you you see where I'm going when I tell you know like so basically um, if you can find yourself a developer or a publisher that has like a multiplayer game that's coming out that they want to sponsor some people to play together, um, then <laughs> then we can probably somehow make it happen because then it's a little bit easier to force yourself to like get up really early in the middle of the night or like cut your own stream a bit short and that sort of stuff it's it's really difficult because a lot of the team members do this as their job so doing halcyon after hours even if it's fun because it's so very different from our normal content it never really performed it... that well statistically yeah it never really yeah. it did that well some people really liked it but for the general quiet masses it wasn't the content that they follow our channels for. So, um, yeah, and we, we're not in a, and unfortunately we're not in a boat where we can just be like, ah, whatever, we'll just, we'll financially be fine and okay. And we're whatever. not big enough that we can just Anyways. throw 2000 viewers each at it. Like exactly the difference yeah. between yeah. us getting our normal numbers and getting half that is like, 
is whether or not you get the sponsorships to pay your bills next month. Yep. At times. Exactly. So, so we wish we could, but it's unlikely. <laughs> Maybe may, may, let us all get really big and famous, and then we'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, or that, or that. Yeah, that works out. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, Bellinar's got one FG. Yeah. Next question. Uh, actually asked by Bellinar, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, but. Bellana asks, do you have any plans to do other content creation outside of gaming? Um, I, I, I'll just, I'll take the answer. And um, I've talked about this actually on my Patreon secret newsletter before. Um, I have plans on doing some language stuff um, on YouTube. I have a separate YouTube channel for that. There's no content there. You won't need to search for it. It's I mean, it's called the language author, but there's nothing there that doesn't even have a head header yet or anything like that. Um, it's not going to be super frequent content. It's probably going to be, it's going to be obviously IR, like IRL stuff, scripted, longer videos. You should videos. do that on TikTok. It's two minute videos um, on how to pronounce things. Go. That, um, yeah, that's probably not really the kind of content that I, yeah, probably, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound attractive. Oh, no. <laughs> everything for TikTok sounds awful, but. That would do really yeah, well. that's true. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be. Look, you already gave me a language lesson today. See, that's TikTok. Yeah. TikTokable. <laughs> that's true. It is. TikTokable. Um, Please don't ever say that again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't started on the project yet. I have, I have, I have. I've done preliminary work, like video topics and that sort of stuff. Because this is gonna be more scripted, more edited, more very different content than what I normally do. Anybody else? I got. That sounds really interesting. I, I want to take a camera camping. That mm. that's all. Do you want to do like um the you know uh the the people who do the whole oh god I forgot the word where they the where they just no 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 uh, where they I mean they they're vlogging their stuff but they're not actually vlogging it because they're like. It's silent vlog. It's just atmospheric wide angle shots oh, of them just sure. setting up campsites and doing that sort of stuff. And like not necessarily like camping in a tent, but more like um yeah, just, just kind of doing survivally stuff outdoors. Yeah. Well I like that. I yeah. would I would love to live stream a camping trip. Mm. But actually I'd be pro I'd be concerned about my friend saying something problematic and getting me banned. Because mm, he has yeah. a tendency to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's just one of those people. He's, I, he's my best friend. Not much I can really do about it. Um, but like, aside from that, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like making content outside. Of, oh, actually, I, I would love to make synthesizer stuff, but because they give you free synthesizers, but I, I don't have enough synthesizers to start. So, mm. I don't nice. Know. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's my actual answer to I that. I mean, like the camping. That sounds fun. Potentially. Mm -hmm. It also makes camping work. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Sure. The second That's you make something into content, it becomes work. And yes. then it stops being a fun hobby. So some things need to stay a fun hobby. Yeah, I agree. Too. I started recently with doing other things. Like, I don't remember when it was. I think earlier this year, I built a Lego site on stream. And and then I I painted built and painted the Warhammer miniature that was sent by Frontier. That was really fun. 
And I've actually already told my viewers that on Sunday I'm gonna build another Lego set because now I'm done with the co-op stream. <laughs> Blind is just holding up a Lego set. Oh, I'm actually not <laughs> sure if it's Lego or just brick building, but it was Lego. Okay, very nice. Um, my co-op with Bloody Drongo is done, which we've done the last months on Sunday. And now I have time again to do something else, something chill. And Sunday is always like a bit different stream. So I'm going to build Lego again. Nice. What are you building on Sunday? Um, I have either. So I have two architecture sets. One is the skyline of Paris. And the other one is the Empire State Building. I'm not, I haven't decided yet. Cool. One of the two. Uh, I have a lot of ideas for, for other content, but the problem that I encounter is Blind is holding another Lego setup. <laughs> Train, choo-choo. Anyway, so I have a lot of ideas. The problems I encounter are not having enough time and yep. then also not having the capacity to plan and create content outside of the plans and content that I already create for a living. <laughs> so mm. I just, I don't know how to like make space in my life for more stuff, but like I, I would love to do crafting content. I used to cosplay and I'd like to get into that again. I just like to craft things and like i also imagine that like doing diy content would be really fun you seem like the sort of person then, who would love doing leather work oh yeah no that'd be awesome but i just I, I love that stuff i love being able to work with my hands and so like i would really like to make content on it but then it's just like i don't know <laughs> when how uh jess when you're when you're finished with your uh Response to that one. Could you ask this next question from Roger? I was actually going to ask if anybody knows this. I do. <laughs> I, don't, I have just, no just, idea just what read this the, is. Just read the question. <clears throat> okay. This question is from Roger. It's actually four questions, but the first one is, what is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color? And have you seen the movie this set of questions is from? So, um, nobody, if anybody here has seen the movie, don't say what movie it's from. Just say yes or no. Uh, no. no. <laughs> Greg is my name. Quest to not die. Uh, my favorite color, black. Yes, I've seen the movie. The rest of you need home, have homework to do. Roger can yell at you. I've done this before and it ended badly <laughs> for me. All right, sure. <laughs> Mysterious. Well, the last Very time mysterious. I scolded everybody on not seeing a movie, I was informed that I'm the only person who, like, likes good movies, so. Sad. The thing is, the so thing is. So what do we have to watch, then? I can't tell you. Uh, the the, okay. the thing ah. is, no, 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 I, I have, I have, a, 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 the thing is, is it an older movie, say, pre-1995? I'm looking what year it came out. Is this like Fight yes. Club? The um, uh, yeah, it's the... 1970 <laughs> Maybe. actually. Which I also haven't then seen. Then I probably like, have never seen rule... it in English, so I probably don't actually. It's, it's an English movie. But... Yeah, but if it's if it's if it's that old, I probably have never seen. Like it's it's unlikely that I've seen it do, in English. Do you want me to say what movie it's from? Same. Yes. 
Yes. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I've seen oh, that. I have seen that. Yeah, same. Uh, what's was, your name? It was what very, is your very what's little. What's your favorite color? That is not the. That is that, that, that. That's not the thing that people go for. People go for. We are the Knights of Saint Nee and Camelot. It's a silly place. Let's not go there. Those are the iconic quotes. That's an iconic quote. From yes, the it is. No, clearly it's not because we all seen the movie and we don't remember it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was a child. It. I, like, seen I don't that movie remember. Since it. I was like ten. Yeah. Oh. No, I mean I've seen it. Or, or like um, you know um, uh, what's it called? Black Knight. Like that that scene. Like I'll bite your that legs sort of off. Exactly. Yeah. I'm all dead yet. Yeah. You know that sort of stuff, but not that. It's the, yeah, it's, okay. the no. it's the guy on the bridge. He, he says, "What is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color?" And that's how they get across the bridge. And one of them gets launched no. in the pit because he goes, because he goes blue. No. And then boom, he goes flies off the edge. No, I don't even remember that. Like that, that that's the one scene I don't remember. I, I remember like the French guy on the castle and all that sort of stuff. I shall fight in your general direction. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Just not that. Yeah. And he throws a cow at him. Alright, last question. Read it, Kiri. Hughes. Go. Hughes is asking, what has been your favorite game to stream so far this year? Who wants to go first? Citizen Sleeper! Mm-hmm. Expeditions Rome. Crusader Kings 3. <laughs> I thought you were going to say so me, That's Weird West. Oh. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. It's been a long one, so I'm just going to jump us straight into the end here. Uh, if you want to get more episodes of this uh, of this show, go to thehalcyonfrequency.com. If you want to ask us questions and help out with this segment in the future, uh, go to the Halcyon Frequency Discord, where you can plop questions in the question room. If you want to talk about episodes, you can do that uh, in the podcast topics episode. If you go to the website, there's links to the team page where you can find all of us and all of us individually. Uh, and... Uh, Let's uh, let's take it around the table right now and go, Kiri, tell people who you are and where they can find your stuff. I am 2D Kiri or Kiri, and you can find me on the internet, mainly Twitch, but also YouTube and Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Patreon. I stream strategy games, indie games, and, and stop by. Okay, I am Wojess or Jess. You can also find me on the internet, mostly Twitch, Twitter, Discord, Patreon. And I also stream a lot of strategy simulation management. Full stop, FG. <laughs> yeah, I'm FG. Hi, FG squared everywhere. YouTube, uh, Twitch, Instagram, Tiki Toki. Except on Twitter. On Twitter, there's a sneaky underscore between the F, G, and the squared. And I stream a wide variety of games, mostly indie, but sometimes also some AAA stuff sneaks in. And that's what I do. What do you do, Blind? Where can we find you? Uh, Twitch.tv slash B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L. YouTube, same name. Twitter, same name. I actually tweet now, so you can find me. And it's worth following me on Twitter. Um, so something that we kind of need to announce here, though... Uh, before we mm. vanish there's a, a little sneaky thing at the end kind of didn't tease this anywhere i think i'll tease it in one of the ad spots somewhere just so people know that there's something coming but uh we 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 have an announcement anybody want to take this or should i i can go okay. well you no, you actually actually I, know I was, what no that's a good say, point blind, blind, should, blind do should do it yeah yeah, yeah. okay because it was your idea 
Yeah. We're hosting a game jam August 29th or July 29th to August 1st. Uh, it's called the Halcyon Frequency Game Jam. The uh, theme is Good Morning. Uh, it needs to be simulation sickness friendly. If you make games, keep an eye on the Halcyon Frequency Discord. We'll have more information soon, TM. Uh, there will probably be some assets dropped and images dropped over the next little bit. Uh, proper full social media blitz announcement will happen towards the end of June, early August, I would think. Uh, I still need to set up the HIO pages and whatnot. I, I, I have like a most of the stuff written out for it but um yeah we're gonna be hosting a game jam it's something i've kind of talked about a little bit on my on my stream but it hasn't been like yelled about publicly yet so here's the go ahead yell about it publicly uh july 29th to august 1st uh the first i annual or biannual we haven't decided yet halcyon frequency game jam uh prize is gonna be we'll play your game on our stream <laughs> <laughs> Woo! yay hey clapping i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. Um, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that's it uh, pretty much, I think. Uh, as per usual, uh, podcasts go up every Sunday. If if you listen to podcasts on a podcast platform and you can't find this one, tell me where you'd like me to put it and I will make it show up there. Uh, aside from that, leave us a review on iTunes because that very much helps. Leave us a review if you have the ability to leave us a review. And if you don't have the ability to leave us a review, just retweet, share, tell somebody about the pod, you know, all that jazz. It's hard to promote podcasts, okay? Uh, and thank you very much for listening to this week's episode, and uh, we'll be back next week. So now's where we all say goodbye, somewhat synced, and then... Bye! Bye! Bye. 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 Bye.